Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Eternal Champions. I am your shaper and host, Michael DeLeon. Joining me today, we have the champion Darnum, well, Captain Darnum, actually, played by our very own Vash. Greetings and salutations. And next, we have Sir Mirthal, played by Ernie. What's going on, everyone? Unfortunately, tonight, Sir Valak is not going to be able to join us. Or, well, he may join us. It really depends. He had a prior obligation he had to attend to. And if it ends early and there's enough time within the session, he'll hop right on. Got to uh, clap those spider said, cheeks. <clears throat> yeah, yep. you got to clap spider mommy's cheeks. Not sure how that's going to work, because <laughs> spiders. But anyway. Um, don't worry. I'll just yeah. sign out one I, I don't like how you said that, so, like, nonchalantly. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, you're giving like you're you being very serious. We're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think we have a, a couple announcements to make. I know recently there was a, a few issues, or there still going ongoing issues with what was leaked, basically OGL 1.1 as it was referred to by the community as a whole. Uh, in short, how we're going to be handling that uh, going forward. We may be switching to our own proprietary system in the future. What does that mean? It means there's going to be a few changes to how basically some of the mechanics uh, react and respond with the show, to keep it very brief. When this does roll out, we will try to make it as seamless as possible, going over you know changes that were made based off of you know <clears throat> translating it from the characters from D&D to... Uh, our own system, which we'll leave nameless for now, but when we do launch it, we'll reveal what the name is for it as we go forward. Uh, but I think that that's it. Uh, Ernie D- Darnum, or Darnum, God damn it, uh, Vash. Whoever I, you know what, you know what? Full disclosure, we do this on this podcast. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to yeah. change my name real fast to make it easier for everybody. Because <laughs> I have like Ernie, I have, but. I keep seeing the fucking D right there, and wow, that came out wrong. Someone's gonna sound bite that. <laughs> and it's on the internet forever. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there we go, Vash. Man, I, uh, I love that gonna... episode of Eternal Champions when when the Shavers finally got to see the D for himself. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Pulp Fiction with the briefcase. It like kneels oh, down, the rope no. gets blown away by some wind. Oh, is that is that the shit? Oh, that's the shit. That's the shit. <laughs> <laughs> It's medieval. Anyway. Um, oh, my God. Anything, uh, <laughs> this show's starting off on a great start. Uh, is there anything you gentlemen want to add to what I, I stated? Nope. Or no? Nope. Not me, anyway. <sighs> okay. Uh, you, Vash? Uh, I mean, as much as I like to joke around, you know, it's a very dire, serious situation, so we're going to do the best we can to make sure that if and when things need to switch over, it's going to, like, like like Mike said, it's going to be as smooth as possible. It's like yeah. you won't even know we're different, except for Darnum will be now 12 feet tall, but only 150 pounds. Whoa, hold on. It's very emaciated looking. Oh, yes. Titans will be tough for a while. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, um... tighten, tighten those belts. Hey, hey, hey. Eating how many meals? Shut that down. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. When did When did I become Vince McMahon? <laughs> oh, let's say. Wow. Speaking of, speaking of uh, companies doing their best to try and alienate as many, nope, nope, I'm going to leave that alone. That's a different discussion for a different. You mean like like hiring wrestlers as independent contractors so you don't have to apply them for uh, give them anything, or attempting to sell them to Saudi Arabia? But, you know, anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, last episode, I mean, you and Valak did engage in some. I'm just saying, no. 
hey, look, but if it was under Vince McMahon, it would have like the fight would the fight would have lasted about five minutes. No one like some like you know who won that fight? Someone not in the fight. It would have been <laughs> yeah. Sonper would have ran in, cashed in a briefcase, beat us both up. She she be the captain now. Yeah, and so, anyway, yeah. And somehow you or Valak would have like a broken arm or leg. <laughs> But still would still be mandatorily obligated due to contracts to fight in like the next big like match. Yep, and so and for whatever reason, <clears throat> Nasira will show up and then and decide that oh no, she's been sleeping with some other guy the entire time because funny enough, if you're a wrestling fan, you know Vince McMahon loves his cuck storylines. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's almost like he's uh, making it personal. Anyway, there's <laughs> 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 a little two neon knights for eternal champions. <laughs> Fuck it, I don't get. <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> Sometimes we cross the streams. Anyway. Speaking of crossing uh, the streams, let's get back to what uh, Mirathal is doing with that. Uh, no, it's up. <laughs> <laughs> so last time, Mirathal, your Eldritch Blast now. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> Look, he's got to explain where he's been the entire time. <laughs> oh, you don't want to know where I've been. What? Oh, no. Bo- booty hole monsters will just keep it that way. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, I have any hate. Don't worry about it. Continuing on with continuing on with the uh, the show, as it were. <laughs> Tonight's background music uh, was used. Uh, that was used. Wow, I can English properly. Uh, was produced by Michael Gelfie Studios. If you enjoyed the music you heard and want to add similar tracks to your own live play podcast, or just to introduce an element to your personal games with friends and family, you can acquire these tracks at michaelgelfie.bandcamp.com. That's michaelgelfie.bandcamp.com. Hope you enjoy. Now. On with the show. Eternal champions united to defend. Eternal champions, they've worn the fateful end. Joining forces to combat the godlike enemy. Eternal champions rewriting destiny. All right. We're back. Last time on Eternal Champions, our champions Darnum and Valak let off some steam the best way they knew how with a fist fight, which was unfortunately abruptly ended by Son Per as there was more pertinent matters to attend to. After which the pair entered the city of Centris and explored what the city had to offer, meeting a unique group of characters um, <clears throat> from various shopkeepers to innkeepers as well as uh, some creatures they had never before seen as well. Uh, After which, they returned to the Blue Mask, where Sien, headmaster of the College of Heroes, was waiting patiently with Sonper, who, after discussing current ongoings and damage done to the college via their own compatriot, Mirthal, during a training session, uh, Sien revealed the location of well, the last known location of where Tilcraxis, a etheric researcher, was headed. Or, yeah, was said to be heading. Why this was important? Because the last person to be with Tilcraxis was Nasira, Darnum's wife. And that is the city of White Ridge. And that is where we'll pick up. We'll start off with you, Darnum. You're standing upon the deck after <clears throat> CN had left. Some purrs beside you. Valak has gone downstairs. And just out of, seemingly out of just nowhere, Mirthal and Aster bound back onto the ship. Oh, hello. Well, uh, uh, nothing much, just a, a pretty uh, uneventful couple of hours. Just uh, getting, some new, getting some new bearings. I'm 
if we have some new headings, it's just going to be more of a, this is more of a personal matter for me than anything else. So if you have other business to attend, I, I totally understand, but we're going to be traveling to White Ridge. And as soon as, uh, wh- and I look over to Sopper, when can we depart? As soon as you need to, Captain. All right. <clears throat> well, Ship's soon, ready to go. Yep, as soon as, as soon as you need to. Is there anything you need to do while we're still in Centris? Um, I don't. I don't know. I have finished uh, doing some good training, so I'm all set. I see. We ran into uh, we ran into um, like what was it, the headmaster of the College of Heroes, CN? You, we, we heard about how your training went, and I'll get, I'll give a wink. Yeah, after, yeah, drunk. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, we'll just say you have a new trick in your uh, bag of tricks, as it were. No, I do, yeah. <clears throat> mm, this is going to be a mighty fine trick from the sounds of it, but all right. <laughs> uh, just be careful and make sure nothing is in front of you that you don't want vaporizing. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. You'll see Darn's expression drop just as, just for, like, at the mention of vaporizing. And I could teach you, Darnum, but it would require you to go to a Bevelo. You know what? I think vaporizing is something I don't want to... I feel like that could... Back, uh, full disclosure, that's going to backfire on me in some way that I am holding on. Today's been a day of realizing when someone says something, and is that what you're expecting, and then it backfires, and then, you, and then you're, thro- and you're almost thrown through a deck of a ship. You know, stuff like that. Wait, you got thrown through a deck of a ship? Almost, but don't worry about that. <laughs> what did we miss? Uh, nothing much, just a, just a couple fellows letting off steam. Bets were made, and I look around. I look around, see if I spot that one crew member. People speaking louder than they should. Uh, give me, give me perception roll. <laughs> I, and I blew a seventeen on that die, and for perception is twenty-one. There are whispers and small murmurs of what occurred, or rather, what transpired during that bout between you and Valak. It's like, did you see what Valak did to Captain Han? It's like, who cares what Valak did? Did you see Han? Captain Han? I didn't know he was such a badass. I heard stories before, but really? And so it goes back and forth, some some ragging on you, but some also complimenting you, too. So, yeah, it's a... Uh, next time... Next time, next time anyone wants to let us some steam, I'll, I'll, I think I'll, maybe I'll leave, I'll leave it to, I'll leave it to maybe someone else or you. Uh, I'll look over. I'll, I mean, I'll look to be fair, I only found us somewhere more private to know all steam. Is this somewhere private in a bevelo? Oh no, I mean there any any of the rooms. Oh, okay. So I feel a bit better about that then. Well, I yeah, there's definitely a place I know in Memo. I mean, I, no, I, I brought that up to, to to avoid that that particular scenario, you know. But uh, well, you brought it up, so I'm intending no options on the table. Oh man, there's always the sulfur springs of uh, Mangarath. None of that I mean, sounds pleasant. It's sulfur. Said it was. <laughs> I mean, what's not to love? This is when I miss fighting in the barn for for, for drink money. I mean, you technically still can. All right, gentlemen, I'm going to go say hi to my wife while you two are, uh, we'll say, preoccupied deciding where we're going next. Well, oh, we'll be heading off in a 
And maybe, maybe, you know, and, well, I would say momentarily, I'll put it that way. So, right. enjoy, grab, grab something to eat, we've, we've restocked, and if Valak hasn't eaten everything already, it should be played for everyone. Uh, both of you, give me perception rolls. Oh, no. I didn't see Valak eating, I only heard, I only heard the aftermath. Uh, Sissine? Jesus. Okay. 22. Somehow, you both make out, despite the the draft that is occurring on the upper deck, you hear just in the slight distance from several of the servers downstairs, where does he put it all? He just doesn't seem to stop. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> yep, that's yeah, my Yeah. That reminds me, Shaper, do I still have the effect from that meal in the college? Of yes, yes. Okay. I'm going to make that last because uh, you didn't really get to use it, so I'm going to make it last throughout this entire session to give you an extra chance to use the full effects of it. Okay. I just think that's fair. So. Then on that note, I will uh, pop the squat and take a short rest to heal up the gnomic damage. Okay. All right. So I guess it'd be safe to say we could, we could just make our, start making our way uh, to, uh, to White Rage. Okay. Aye, aye, Captain. Somper goes to the helm and begins to chart the course to the city of White Ridge. Where you guys are, you're not that far, so it's only going to take about maybe an hour to get there. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Anything you would like to do within that hour? Um, no, I'm good. Yeah, I feel like I feel like because we every we like like I was able to recover the last episode, so I feel like I feel I'm good, I'm good on that front. I guess just do okay. my captainly duties, make sure everything's piloted correctly, check the decks, make sure everyone's all right. You know, just uh, the normal stuff. Okay. <clears throat> so the blue mask disembarks from the skyport of Centris and then begins to chart journey northwest over past the mountain ridge that comprises part of the wintry nation of Valru. <clears throat> Given the coordinates that you provided from Cien, but also from the navigation officer and Sonper being your first mate and having some experience with it, you're able to get to uh, White Ridge with little problem. Upon arriving, however, you quickly find that a dark overcast looms above, blotting out any sort of natural sunlight. As you approach what would be a skyport, you notice nobody... Captain, and Merthal, I'm not sure if you're on the upper deck as well. Yeah, uh, sure. It is, it is remarkably cold, and that there is nobody attending this solitary, singular skyport. You also see from where you are, White Ridge isn't a city, and in no way should be called a city. Rather, based off of the sparse housing and the fisheries around here, it seems more like a fishing hamlet. Maybe like a small town or village of sorts than an actual city. Nonetheless, however, <clears throat> it is cold and there doesn't seem to be anyone walking through the streets. Everything is silent except for the wind that occasionally blows by every so often. And also just to give you a setting right now, it's getting close to dusk, I would say. Seems to be around. I'll see if there's like a, there's like, there's a harbor, like a, like an office where the harbor master might be. Perhaps I can see if I can, 
I can check something <laughs> someone's there. Uh, so you can certainly try. Uh, investigation roll if you'd like. All right, for investigation, that is good. Or, or, I'll throw this in. If you're trying to do something like tracking, right, like footprints or stuff like that, you can also use survival. Hmm. So it's up to you. I'll say if it's if it's unusually just empty as you're saying, maybe I'll go. I'll go with survival. Okay. How about you, Mirthal? What are you doing? Um. There's no money around at all, right? Nobody. Is there like, any signs of life at all? Like, uh, lantern among the houses or anything like that? Perception roll. Sure. I'll go uh, 18. 18? Looking around and looking for any sort of signs of tracks or maybe some sort of biomatter of some kind, you know, hair, coats, jackets, anything, you don't f- see anything. You know, Nothing fresh. I'll say I'll, if the only it, thing you do. Sorry. The only thing you do make out, however, is there is a solitary footprint in what looks like a piece of you know that kind of that point where snow gets wet and then it hardens into ice and has like that cover of ice around it. Right. It tur- you have like a footprint that look in something like that. Okay. And it looks I'll, like a normal foot like boot. Huh. Yeah, I'm gonna pop the eyes of creation just to see if there's anything anywhere in this area. There is large, and I mean large amount of clusters of void energy underneath the town. Oh, like would I be able to tell how how far how how far beneath the town, or is it like literally just? It's like pretty much. Is this enough of, enough of coverage where it's like it's going to be pretty inconsequential how far I can tell it goes? No, no, you can you can tell. It's sporadically throughout the entire border, going all the way to even the one of the fisheries. Uh, one of the docks, I should say, where also that's something you also notice too. There's a whole net of full fresh caught fish, or what was fresh caught fish, just frozen in a net still, and it looks like it's been there for a few days as well. But going back to what you were saying with the void energy, there are a series of void energy sporadically placed underneath the town, about two feet below the ground surface. Um, heads up, Mirthal, we've got some. Got plenty of spikes of void energy here, just beneath the surface. What do you mean? You mean I fresh and corpses? No, I mean just pockets of energy, like no discernible shape, just swaths of it. Like, 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 I'll, I'll, like, I'll use. I guess as I have the eyes popped, I'll, I'll just trace my arms in the right, like, the, like, kind of like the border direction and how far I can see it going from where we're standing. Give me an Arcana roll. <laughs> Is that me or uh, Mirthal? For you, for you. Okay. Oh, okay. Arcana, 12. So, there's only it's only just for a brief moment, but preternaturally, not even expecting it, almost as if instinct, coming maybe possibly from what you imbibed in from uh, Sargavir, or maybe from the, the Gorin training, and talking with Meshiver as well as training with Ankar, there's a brief moment where you summon just a small little wisp of void energy to show Mirthal what you see. And then as soon as you realize it, it's gone. Hmm. It is. Uh, oh. Like, I'll just, I'll just look, look at my left hand. Just... 
you know the thing where like like for like for the video game parlance, if you do like a cool move or something, but you don't know how you did it, so you're just going through yeah. all the motions you were just trying to do, just trying to recreate it. You'll see the darn just does that for like a couple seconds of Arcana roll. Ooh, okay. Uh. Okay, that's better. It's gonna be seventeen. Seventeen. You repeat what you were doing, and then you get to the point where you actually start thinking about it too. And there's a brief moment again, and you sustain it for a little bit longer, probably about six to seven seconds of just void energy in your hand. Hey, are you are you seeing this? You are seeing this, Mirza. Yes, I am. What? Well, how does it? I would say because I don't want to turn off the eyes of creation because I don't know if that's affecting it, but how would it look to Mirathal? To Mirathal, to Mirathal, it, to you, it looks like a white orb of energy. Think like humanity from Dark Souls, but the colors are inversed where it has like a very strong, prominent white core with maybe like a tinge of like darkness around it. All right. I probably just an eloquent of might be. That's why I see Darnum. And that is exactly what you see with your eyes of creation too, Darnum. Oh, okay. I thought it would just come out as just like just devoid energy and that's I didn't think I'd get like a like you know, the discernible color. Oh no, yeah. Whenever you see one of the energies, you see the discernible cover colors. Oh. Except for the distortions, because there's no color to the distortions. Oh, that's what I'm oh, okay, that's my fault. I'm confusing the void energy with the distortions. It's Sorry all good. No, it's all yes. good. I mean if you want to see a bit distortion, you want right now. But yeah, wait. that's okay, you know I'm good on that. <laughs> I'll drop. I'll hey, drop. No, this I'll isn't. Drop. This isn't down with Arnhem. Oh, Come on. Oh, oh, oh no, I've been talking about wipe me out in the whole time. Wait, what? No, oh, wait, what? That's even worse. <laughs> That's you worse in a real sense, what? as well as the worst for me in a personal sense. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm gonna just uh, like I would say like I'll probably like not even realizing I'm gonna run out of time. I'll just try and poke it with my free hand, and then it'll just go away before I get a chance to touch it. Your finger phases right through it, and as you feel it, you you go through it. Any sensation that, any sort of sensation within whatever, however far you decide to poke it with your finger or whichever finger is lost. There's like a sense of nothingness. And then as soon as it disappears, you all of a sudden gain feeling in those, in that portion of your finger again. Oh, that's, oh, strange. You ever try to think, who else would it? You know what? I feel like there's some questions we're gonna have to start asking. Like, do you ever notice an anchor ever did stuff like this, or like pull like a like a ball of energy? Or... I've never seen him do it, but yeah, to me, he can. Ah, oh, okay, that's gonna be another thing to ask. And if I'm lucky, he'll know what he'll know what's going on. But it's a neat thing to do. But I guess. Yeah, we, but I feel like you, you know we should try and focus on what's where everybody is. There's a whole net of fish that's been frozen for who knows how long. Which means people were working. But no one's around. Hmm. Uh, and you want to head to your rally truck down in that way, or yeah, let's... have another idea? Yeah, I'll just... Let's, uh... Let's, let's, let's move in. And before you leave the ship, Somper approaches you, Captain Darnum. Want me to go with you, or keep the ship under tight wraps? Make sure nothing or anything gets in here, and just in case, make sure the ship's ready for a hasty departure. Yeah, let's. I'm considering what I'm seeing on the ground. I'm not exact. I'm not exactly feeling confident. 
might be another uh might be another sure shot situation. So let's just uh like if you see me running by, if you see me running as fast as I can, you'll know something's up. You should start getting everything fired up. Alright, I'll do it, sir. Most appreciative. So you and uh, I said Aster almost Mirthal depart from the ship, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. That being said, allow me to change the music. I mean, well, I mean, it can still be pleasant, you know. Just it, and there we go. Perfect. All right. I should have made, made sure I was equipped with the cross instead of the holy water. <laughs> oh man, talk about that! Oh, did you guys see the uh, the Renfield trailer? Oh, no, I haven't. I mean, uh, no. Oh, yeah. So the new Nicolas Cage movie where he plays Dracula. Oh, Renfield! I didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they dropped the trailer recently, and it's uh, certainly something. Uh, that, that's that's well, the best way I can put it. Well, it's Nicolas Cage, so I feel like that's that's both the best and worst way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my Alright. Um, we do have any idea is that where they were supposed to be? Of course. Darren remembers that the Sean the player is drawing a blank all of a sudden. You weren't given a specific location, you were just told that they were in White Ridge and that the research pertained to basically the founding of the Empyreans, right? That techno-organic race, you've met only a couple of them, uh, one being the recently deceased Aiden Blackmore, as well as more studying and harnessing etheric energies. Okay. And then, I'll, I'll, at least I'll say I know, I'm not too sure, but at least I, I know what they were look, I know what, I know what the practice was looking, was looking for research. Yes, we can find someone here, we can at least find out where you might be able to do that in this town. Uh, Statement, do we see like, any buildings in it, like meeting halls, and like, uh, in your tavern of any sort from the outside? So, I think I forgot to tell you, you did see a singular lantern lit, by the way, Mirthal. Oh, I did? Um, yes, okay. and it matched, yeah, because when you did that perception roll, I think I forgot to tell you what you saw. Okay. Because um, I was providing detail to our captain. So, you did see a singular lantern lit, and it was in what looks like a what you could assume. There's no sign or any sort of um, description of it being an inn or a tavern of any kind, but from your own personal travels, you're used to what seeing what a on-the-road tavern or inn is. So, well, you see a building the, that resembles that. Just that down the road there when that lantern lit might be a tavern, maybe you don't get up in there. Well, it can't, can never hurt. At the very least, we'll hopefully see where everyone in town is. Or if anyone's still in town. Hopefully so. And just for safety's sake, I'm putting all my helmet and everything else. Okay, and, so you're uh, fully, fully armored. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be. And, okay. I'll make sure I'm fully armored as well, which is say just wear the normal clothes I'm always wearing. So I need to ask this though, Darnum, are you going to be carefully dodging? Wait, what happened? <laughs> oh. Oh, I think that was Loki. Uh, I, thought I, I thought I heard laughing for a second. It just turned out it was probably Loki. Oh, um, yeah, that's Loki. No, I'll keep up. Mm-hmm. So, 
Starnum, are you going to be paying attention to where this these random clusters of void energy are? Yeah, I'm going to say, knowing that there are, that there's no discernible pattern to the pockets and where they are, no. I'll just keep the eyes popped open. Okay. This. So just just roll for me, both of you, D100 rolls. Uh, and my dice flew out of my tray. That's how I roll. Literally. Hey. <laughs> uh, that's gotta be made into a shirt. That's how I roll. And it shows like dice being like thrown and they like pop out of the tray. Oh, yeah. 90. Okay. So. Mirthal, Darnum, you both managed to avoid, well, rather, with the aid of Captain Darnum and his sight of creation, you both managed to avoid the clusters. There's a moment when Mirthal gets a little close to one, and Darnum, you just feel nothing. You don't feel the cold air. You don't feel anything whatsoever. And then as you... Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. And that's kind of steer away. Thank you, Darnum. And as you do so, your sensation comes back to you. I'm a little concerned now about everyone else. I'm going to try to make way to them carefully. And you do so. You arrive at the door of this building, this long house as it were, and enter. As you do so, it is empty. But it does look like a bar of sorts. There's probably, from what you can observe, layers of dust caked all over these tables. Lanterns that haven't been lit for a while, completely covered in smut. And no bartender. Well, this is not normal at all. Uh, uh, let's see if there's any signs of anyone even coming through here in the last month or so. Judging by the layer of dust, it's coming here. So how quiet are you guys? Uh, I would um, say, say maybe like I'll, I'll, I'll talk in a normal tone. Okay. Okay, that sounds reasonable. Normal tone it is. So you guys are exploring the grounds? Yep. Yes. Investigation rolls for both of you, or if you want to assist one another, uh, choose uh, yeah. the investigation. Yeah. I'll have my pup help me out investigating, smelling for signs of life as well. Ooh. Okay. That's going to be a 15 for me. That's going to okay. be a 17 on the investigation. Uh, Ernie, if you do me a favor, roll a d12. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Uh, and that's a five. A five? Yeah. Darnum, we'll start with you first, going alphabetically. Uh-oh. You, you notice the keg stores are full. The larder full and the food actually you know some of it's a little molded but the cured meats um the pickled uh vegetables they're all still good and they look like they have maybe a little bit of dust on them but nothing compared to what it looks like on the 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 furniture within the inn whether it be the bar counter or rather the tables as for you Mirthal. 
Mm-hmm. You're looking around, but you don't quite hear or see anything. But your little breaker pup wanders from you just a little bit and looks up the flight of stairs that kind of breaks the, kind of creates like a wall for the, the that goes into the back room where Darnum went and just lets out a, a small yelp. Alright, I'll uh, take out my weapon quietly. And, and as you do so, the little breaker pup uh, just slowly walks over to you, wagging its tail. Good boy, behind me. Darnum. I'll, I'll walk out with like a jar of like some, some cured meats. Like okay. Some, uh, some, some meat strips. Yeah, some, some good old jerky, some prosciutto. <laughs> I'll point with my sword up there. You were gonna say something, Darnum? All right, I'll just I'll keep quiet. I'll set I'll set down the I'll I'll just quickly open it and set it down next to the breaker pub, in case he wants to start snacking on something. And then I'll you just... get the set. Oh, yeah. The spirit of the spirit of Valak, you feel him around you very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just. I'll make my way see, up. Exactly. I'll see if I, if I can stealth my if it's stealth way up there. Just go up quietly. Okay. Are you both being stealthy or just you? Yeah. Go? Okay. Stealth rolls, please. Stealth. Oh, man. Shit, One minute now from 20, but with my armor and fits man so uh, 22. Same here, 22. Despite your armor, um, Mirthal. Hmm? You still move deftly and silently just as much as Captain Darnamon. You guys traverse upstairs and you notice that there are just only about probably five or six rooms up here. Three flanking and alternating patterns on each side. But yet there's no signs of life. I need you guys to give me a perception roll. Sure. Oh uh, no, that's one. And what oh, yeah. you though? I got an I, I eleven. Oh, an eleven? Mm-hmm. I go blind temporarily. <laughs> <laughs> Darnum, that that cured meat, whatever it was, it was delicious. So that's that's on your mind. And, I was know, just thinking about that. It. I mean, I took a little bite of it before I set it down. Damn, I wish I kept that. I wish I kept that jar now. <laughs> and you, you kind of look back at the stairs like maybe I could still go get it. No. <laughs> No, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> With my pup, yeah, it's gone. Mirthal, however, maybe you hear what sounds like pitter patter, but you can't quite tell if that's just the wind battering the walls of the building or if someone's upstairs or something hmm. rather. All right. Uh, can I hint? Can I determine where the sound coming from? The Yes, towards the end of the hall. Alright, I'll head towards the end of the hall. Okay, you do so silently. Captain Han? Uh, once I snap out of it, I'll follow up Mirathal's lead. Okay. Following after Mirathal, you both reach the end of the hall. There are two doors. There's one on the right, one on the left. Uh, room four and room five. I'm not mistaken. Am I doing this right now? Six. Six and five, sorry. Six and five. Yeah. Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So you go to the end of the hall, and there are two doors. One on the left, one on the right. Room five is on the left. Room six is on the right. Okay. Um, I'll head over to the right first. Try and listen in. Do I hear anything on the other side? 
perception roll. How about you, Captain Hunt? What are you I'll, doing? I'll take the if he's going to the right, I'll take the door on the left. Same thing, perception roll. Uh sixteen. Sixteen, okay. Ah, uh, perception seven. Ooh. For you, Captain, you're not sure whether again it's the buffeting winds against the the uh, building or the fact that maybe you're you're actually feeling what void energy feels like, which is weird because you've never ever experienced anything like it, but you just can't quite focus. However, for you, Mirthal, you do hear sounds. You hear what sounds like a quick do 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 and then like a slide. And then silence. I'll uh, wait to get Jordan's attention yep. and move him towards me. Alright, I'll just I'll walk over quietly. And I'll slowly but surely try to open the door if possible. Okay. You open the door. Uh, give me a D100 roll. You got it. This is less about you, more about the door. Uh, and that's gonna be a 60. 60? Not, yeah. not a 69? Not for the culture? No, unfortunately not. I wrote yeah, zero. Nice. Nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's that old British guy. <laughs> nice. Nice. The door opens. There's a slight creak. But as soon as you hear it, you stop. And then you lift the door up a little bit. And then keep pushing. So that the the screws that are holding in the door, uh, keeping the hinges together, don't scrape. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it's open enough, rest it and have purview of the interior room of room. You said the door on the left or right? Rithal? Shenanigan. Did you, uh, the left door or the right door? I forgot. That was the, the right door. door. Uh, in the right door. The right door? Okay, yeah. so that was room six. Yes. You don't see anything. But this room does look like it's been lived in. There are papers scattered across the floor. What looks like child drawings on the ground. And for child drawings, they're not half bad. They're kind of at that, like, you know, uh, prodigy or, you know... Like, this person could potentially, you know, if they continue their craft and mature, they probably go places. And then the room has what looks like also what you recognize, Darnum. A few of those empty jars of pickled vegetables and some little crumbs. And there's a brief moment where a mouse skitters across the floor, its little feet clawing against the wood. It picks up one of them, chomps on it, cleans itself, and then scurries away. You know what? I'm going to pop the eyes of creation again, see if I see any of the little pockets of void energy or anything here, aside from the mouse. You... You see two humanoid shapes underneath the bed. Okay, so I'll just I'll very, like like I'll I'll use I'll use hand I'll just hand sign just quiet just motion towards the bed and I'll put up two fingers left. No mirror thought two people on it. I'll give a nod and I'll circle around one side of the bed. Okay, circle around the bed. Get to one side. Yep. What are you gentlemen doing? Right, 
So what I'll do um, is I'll I'll, I'll stay a, a few feet away from the bed. I don't want to walk up to the bed and do it, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna just get down on all fours and then go prone to see if I can look under the bed far enough to where they you know that whoever's under doesn't feel like I'm rushing to come get them. They just want to see that they're there. And they're like, just quietly, hello. So as you go prone onto the floor and call out hello. You see shaking and shivering underneath the bed are two Demicure children. One boy, one girl. Oh. Hey, 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 it's it's alright. You're okay. Hey, come on out, come on out, come on out. Give me a persuasion roll. Ooh, it's the thing I'm not good at. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, tonight, no, tonight, tonight I ain't. Oh, yes, it's Absolutely. It's, yes, thank you. I need I need it. Yes, you may. Yeah. Uh, I summon them right or pop. Oh. Yeah, come on. We have a friend to play with. And, uh, you know, have to pop and try to bring them out. Okay. You get advantage, Darnum, and oh, it'll right. reduce the score a little bit. Because despite how weird the breaker pup looks to them, because they've never seen anything before, it's still adorable. It's a puppy. All right, so that's a 14 total. The boy looks at his sister, and then back at you, and then at the pup. And then he whispers something into her ear. Uh, do you guys want to perceive it and eavesdrop, or just leave it be? Sure, I'll see if I can hear it. Yeah, I'll okay. Try. Okay, both of you may give me a perception roll. Fourteen. You know, I don't hear anything. Nine. Okay, Darnum, you're more focused on trying to get these kids out of here and trying to figure out what's going on. So you're not really paying attention fully to what what's being said. You, however, um, you said 14? Yeah. With 14, you just hear him murmur, just, wait. And he slowly crawls under the bed, kind of his eyes shifting between you, Myrthal, the puppy, and Darnum. And he's trembling a little bit as he does so. Am I ever to tell if it's the trembling and something is coming from just how cold it is here, or is it because of the because of like genuine fear? I would say genuine fear. It's 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 clear you can read this kid easy enough that it's fear. Oh. Hey, look, um I gotta I'm trying to think of something that I can do that. I will take off my helmet and I'll put it to the side, I'll use some of my sword. And I'll basically flop down. Send me a ring, We're here to help. Can you tell me what's going on here and what happened? Where is everyone? Persuasion roll with advantage. Okay. That's gonna be an 18. The little Demacure boy looks at you. This alabaster skin reflecting somewhat of the snow outside with these, almost like these zebra-like, um, almost vein-like patterns going across his body. He looks at you, his eyes a bright red, and he just says, Tanasat. And that is where we'll be taking our first break. And we're back. Alright, so upon searching this in, you folks found two Demacure children. The a brother and sister duo. You managed to convince the brother to come out, and prior to our break, he whispered one word to you upon asking what happened. 
and he simply said Tanasat. Now, Mirthal, Darnum, you may choose to do multiple roles should you wish to figure out what that means. Now, Mirthal, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you or did you not finish reading the monster compendium that you had found? Yeah, I did. Okay. So if you want, you can either give me, depending on what type of information you want, nature or history. Uh, However, oh, good. It's probably the same for me, but I'm going to go with history. Okay. As for you, Darnum, given your experience and, pardon me, the knowledge in which you obtained when it comes to the histories of the champions and the history of Idyllia in general, you may give me either a religion, history, or nature role. Let me see. Religion, history, nature, or arcana. There we go. Okay, you know, I'm going to go with history for this. Okay. Roll away, well, gentlemen. If you're going with history, I'll go with nature. Then we have okay. different <laughs> Uh 18. And let me get the creepy music back on. David, up 30. Wow. 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 <laughs> I ran to, I remember everything. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. I've seen it. He's, he turns to Patrick Stewart. I've this. seen it all. <laughs> so this Tanaha, he tried to cover up. It's too late. <laughs> he said, "I don't." I should walk in the grass. I go, really? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start with your nature role, Mirthal. Okay. From the monster compendium, you recall a creature referred to as the Tanasat. What you remember is that it is a creature comprised of white energy. It was once a living being, and that never experienced death because it was. It did something. And as such, it became infused, ironically, with death energy and became death energies. As you try to remember what it looked like, you remember it it had a very undead appearance to it, but you can't quite remember fully whether it was more skeletal or if it was like a patchwork job like a, or possibly a zombie or a ghoul. But you do recall that it is some sort of undead-esque creature comprised of void energy. You, Darnum, with that 30... And recollecting, recalling from what you discovered during your time exploring the histories of the champions and trying to figure out how to defeat Calgrim during that three month, uh, yeah, three month gap. Can you were. Hello? I couldn't me? hear you for any of that. Wait, what What didn't you hear me? You recall, you told Darnum, you recall, and then from then you fade out of me. Okay. So, Darnum, what you recall is from your... Doo-doo-doo. Anyway. Um, what you recall from the vast amount of histories that you've discovered throughout your time trying to uncover ways to defeat Calgrim or about the histories of the champions of Idilla who did defeat him prior to his, free, his uh, freedom, <clears throat> you remember that there's a creature called the Tanasat. The Tanasat is a creature comprised of void energies and it was once a champion of Aresh that through perversion of chaotic ways of defying the natural lawful order of life and death became void this void energy monstrosity you know this creature stands roughly about seven and a half to eight feet tall is draped usually in a cloak and is very skeletal but the skeletal limbs are elongated in unreasonably different proportions so like the arms are longer than what should be average for the ratio of arm to torso and it's 
body is made completely of void energy, making it thus immune to void energies. Darnum? I would say, you, I would say, like, as it, I would say, you can see, just we see Darnum's face. Just get, just, like, like, just a, like a, like, just, just sink of, like, realizing exactly what this is. And how long did this, did, did Tana had get, was, how long was Tana had, if you can remember? The little boy looks at you. Tana sat, it, it was, it just came. It, out of nowhere. Night after night, people just kept disappearing. And more Tana sat came. And then, then they came. The big ones. The Garagul. <coughs> and do you know if there's anyone else besides just the two of you? And the child looks at you, looks over at Mirthal, mm-hmm. then back at you. Oh. My mama and my papa. They, they went out last. Dad went to get mom. One of the Gadagul took her. And he chased after it. We haven't seen him since. And he looks a little sullen and down to the ground as he says so. Sorry. Do, do, do you know where... When they, took, when they took her, do you know where that was? And the boy walks away from you and goes towards the window that seems to be collecting condensation. He wipes it clean with the sleeve of his shirt, which surprisingly isn't torn or ragged quite yet, so it's still fresh. And he taps on the glass and motions for you guys to come over. Alright, I'll roll a tank up. As you do so, you passively see both of you, the sister just peeking out from under the bed just ever so slightly. She's... You notice her horns are slightly smaller, significantly smaller, actually, I should say, than her brother's, but she's absolutely adorable. She has this, like, almost cherub-like face to her. Hmm. And he taps, and as he, he motions for you guys to, to come on over, he points at the window. There. That's where we last saw them take him. And as you look out the window, you see this large mountainscape. Right as you were oh. saying what I saw. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see what the hell's going on. This this is really annoying. Honestly, I'm seeing the music. Oh, okay. Let me see if I can lower the music. See, I feel yeah. I feel like the music being too ominous. That's what, that's what it is. That, that's what, yeah. The <laughs> ominous music is what's causing it. The peaceful music, nah, nothing. All right, let me <laughs> let me lower my uh, <laughs> the the sound on the board. Okay, he points out to the window, and you can see what looks like a large mountain range. And that's when they went. The boy nods. All right. Okay, uh. So- our kids, if you want, my friend and I, we came on a ship. Do, would you want to stay there? We've got we've got plenty of food and some stuff to play with if you want. Just to, you can take, you know, just, you 
hope it's going to be a lot better than the one you're, you're saying now. Do you think you, you want to do that? He looks at his sister. And then back at you, Captain. Persuasion roll with advantage. Okay. Those two teases take it down. It's natural one. Uh... Can we bring the puppy? And he looks at Fenrir, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mirror yeah, Fenrir. Mm-hmm. Yes. At Fenrir. I'm playing with the puppy line in there. Okay. Uh, I'm Gunvaldi, by the way, and my sister, she's... Come on, you can, you can come out. Come on, they're fine. That's Ava. Ava Hello, Ava. Yeah. Uh, G U N V A L D I and Ava is E Y V A. Like I'll, 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 I'll kneel down and extend my hand out. It's a pleasure to meet you, Gunvaldi. The name is the name is Darnum. And your hand compared to his, right? It's like the Deadpool scene for Deadpool. <laughs> it is like so tiny, and it's like a little awkward to shake, but. Nonetheless, you, you, you shake. And I'll do the same thing for Ava. Ava. Ava cut. Hold on, let me roll. Hold on, let me give me give me one second. Am I am I intimidating them with my just by my, my sheer size? You might be. Like, hi kids. Oh my god, get away from me! Ninety two. Okay, Ava doesn't even bother shaking your hand. She just runs and grabs your leg and holds it tight. Aww. You know what? I'm gonna like if I can pick her up. I'm gonna like give like like. Put Shoulders, let her just, let her just sit. Yeah, like the kids, the kids at the music part. Here you go. Okay, and easy enough, you do so. I'm assuming you return to the ship. Yeah, let's get back to it. Um, one, I'm gonna ram us all and like uh, light them a hug. Okay. And I won't mount us all to the ship. Oh, alright. I'm not letting them go through any danger. Well, I'm mounting them right to the ship, all of us. You bound to the ship. You're back on. Is there a particular spot in the ship, or just on the upper deck? No, I'm gonna take um, right into the tavern area. That way, it's nice and warm. You're not going right into the cold. And okay, you can get some food and stuff like that. And as you do so, you teleport into the mess hall, and you just see, like, laying down on the table, belly full, half drunken ale, Stein, kind of pour, like spilling out, is Valak. And he's just snoring up a storm. Maybe we get him in his room. But Yeah, I can press in this the same thing, clean the up best I can. Yeah, easy enough. Um, you, you snap your fingers, poof, it, it's all clean. So <laughs> And I'm out cold. I'll run out Fenrir. Kids, this is Fenrir. Have fun. Oh, hi Fenrir. And then the kids just start playing. They're they're being they're being very gentle. The, you see, Fenrir like spins around, kind of like he has like the zoomies, kind of like runs around a couple times, and then just plops. And the kids start jumping, cheering, clapping their hands, and they start like you know uh, giving them belly rubs and such. So, Fenrir, anything goes wrong, you come and get me. And he lets out a bark. Right, all right, all right, all right, kiddos. I'll point over to the bartender. If you if you want anything, just. Just let my friend over there know. Captain's orders. Get whatever you want, okay? 
and they both nod at you very and you can easily read a look of immense appreciation all right i'm gonna go find son per and let, and let her know what's up Okay, I'm going with him. Easy enough. You find Sumper. She is currently in, uh, what do you call it, the navigation room? Or rather, the helm? So, and she's just looking over the the various different charts and maps. All right, Sumper. We've got some, some developments for you. And what might those be, Captain? Uh... Do you do you do you recall your uh recall the name Tanis uh, I would say Tanisat uh, Ta- Shaper please help me <laughs> Tanisat Tanisat no you got oh, it oh, I had it right yeah, you're, no yeah you're good you're good yeah oh, no hundred percent I was like I was gonna because yeah. I, I was like I'm gonna butcher this right now. <laughs> no it's all good it's all good do you recall the so, name Tanisat Sonper let me do a roll for her ooh not bad twenty one. Yeah, uh, nasty things. Uh, made of void energy, kind of the stuff of nightmares, really. Uh, whatever you do, uh, don't use anything void related to them. It, surprisingly enough, their uh, weaknesses technically actually are, is nature energy. So with that knowledge, uh, stat-wise, they take an extra D, you know, dice damage roll from nature damage sources. Apparently, ta- this Tanisat has been running, running rampant, running rampant throughout the town. The, the, there's two kids on board, Gunvaldi and Ava. They're all that's left. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, this thing is in the mountain range, and I don't know about you, but I don't plan on just letting that thing just keep going. No, well, we never did find any traces of your wife or Chilcrasus here, right? No, you did not. And you want to go back in the M one more time? Yeah, I mean, hope, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope. But at this point, the best thing I can hope for is that they, they, they were only passing through this town, and there's still no sign of them. The last thing I want to, the last thing I, I, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't even want to say it. I understand. How far is the mountain range from the town, Shamer? From the town, it's probably about a good 35, 40 minute walk. And why don't we take the ship closer to it? <laughs> the ship? Probably like a couple minutes. <laughs> so I would say perhaps if it's a good idea. Given the size of the ship, you know. Perhaps maybe since since there's nothing, since there's no one here to, to keep keep track of us, you, you make your way over to the mountain range and just uh, surveil the area while Mirthal and I go through the town and make our way to the mountain range on foot. Uh, okay. And uh, anything special about the kids? I'm assuming give them any room they want. Oh, yeah. Well, except, except okay. for mine, and maybe I, Alex. I think that goes without saying. I mean, trust me, you, you know kids. Like, oh, hey, here's a room I can't go into. I want to go in there. Yeah, I'll go in there. At least that's how I was for a while. The monastery beat that up. You know. She looks at you for a second. Like, you stoneborn are such, so, so perplexing. Not going to lie. Oh, dude. See, you, you would think it's all stoneborn, but it's mostly just... just... Not stoneborn. Stoneborn. Yeah, stoneborn. There we go. I said storm for a second. <laughs> Okay, I'll keep an eye on the kids, and if anything, I'll try to do my best to keep you aware if I see anything. Uh, flare, like always. All right. Make sure, we're armed, make sure we're armed with the flares, then we'll head back out. Uh, 
You want me to bounce us back? Sure. Let's. Yeah, we can. We, you can. You can bounce us back if it's, if it's not too much trouble. I summon my sword and use the shards from the shards to bounce us back. Okay, easy enough. Back to the inn or where in Back town? to the inn. Back to the yeah. inn. Uh, the room or the ground floor? The hallway where the rooms are. I'm going to check out the one at the other side, the left one, number five. Okay. So I'm on the outside that door. You both bound to the hallway. Now to put on the creepy music and lower the volume. There we go. <laughs> Hopefully that, that helps the cutting out. I, I hope. I hope. I so, hope so too. You stand outside room five. Yeah, I'm gonna slowly open it. You trying to reduce quietly. noise or quietly? Okay, yeah. easy enough. Learning from your past experience with the door, mm -hmm. um, you wind up lifting it preemptively and pushing it. It doesn't even make a sound. Perfect. Inside the room is immaculate, but aside from being caked in dust, so it's not immaculate. But it, other aside from the dust, it would be considered immaculate. The bed's fully made. The nightstands are untouched. It's very much like the kid, the room that you found Gunvaldi and Ava in, but they, two little kids haven't been living in it for X amount of time. Okay. No, I don't see anything. At, pertaining to what exactly? Uh, any notes, any signs of someone having been here in the past? Like anything that uh, pissed uh, off in the room? It doesn't look like anyone had rented this room prior to the events that transpired. Okay. Even was that the other room for them, or...? Yeah, let's... I imagine this... Well, here's the thing. No one else should be here. And if they are, then we've got bigger problems on our hands, so no, no need to be quiet about it. Let's just... Let's do... Let's sweep and clear these places. See if there's right. any signs of anyone else. Or very... If you see any signs of it... Of, of an Aetherian or a, or a scale bound, let me know. Got it. We'll just start we'll, right. we'll work our way through the hall. Okay. So, working your way down? Yeah. So, you're going to start with the odds or the evens first? Uh, evens. Yeah. Okay. So, next room is room four. You open the door same way as you did before. However, in this room, it does look like someone had been living in here. You find on the nightstand a... I can't say a leather tome, but almost like kind of like a personal journal. That that's the size of the book, or what the type of book it gives off to both of you. Um, mm -hmm. Also, you find what looks like you know um, a series of bandages strewn across the room, as well. Interesting. I'll, I'll um, check out the tome. I check out the bandages. Sure. Yeah, I'll uh, open the tome. You open the tome. And wisdoms. No, I'm just kidding. Um, this <laughs> <laughs> made no. out of flesh. Is that something weird? No. <laughs> yeah, there's like a face on it. It says Necronomtum de what? No. Anyway, book of the no. Um. Ah oh, man, Evil Dead Rise. I I'm not excited for that film. Surprisingly. But yeah, true. F fingers so crossed. So you. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, severed hands and all. So. You look through the tome, and immediately upon the opening on the first page, you see that it is the journal of a one Tocraxus. Well, we found Tocraxus in the journal. Oh, does it say? Well, I'll be, hopefully, does it say that they're still, if they were still in town, or they were about to leave? 
and I'll just as I'm checking the bandages, seeing if there's any. If it sounds like this is bandages for an injury or anything like that, or. So, do you have your eyes of creation on? Yeah, I'm gonna pop the eyes back on. On the bandage, there are residual. Uh, what's it called? Uh, etheric energy, that purple energy, on these bandages sporadically. Traces of etheric energy, which, if it's an ethereum, makes sense. Mm-hmm. And you also recall, ethereums tend to, when they're trying to be discreet, despite the fact that it kind of draws attention to them as well, depending on where they go, they do conceal themselves in in bandages as well, to hide their, their form, as it were. So, okay, bandages. Probably not injured, but just a regular custom he engaged in. So I would imagine if he left these behind, he, hopefully he was because he, he decided to leave in a hurry. Hmm. I'm going through the journal um, towards the, like, the layer entries. Okay. So give, uh, me, give me a D100 roll. You got it. Uh, 60 again. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Six. Six? Yeah, six. You scour through the journal, and you don't see anything pertaining to, uh, shall we say, anything, at least from what you can tell, recording the journey. It actually seems to be written in some sort of, from your time as a spy master, mm -hmm. code. Hmm. Well... Something that would require a cipher. <sighs> He wrote this in code on him. We will have to figure out the cipher for the code or read this. I'm sorry, my friend. Oh, no worries. Maybe. Is there anything else in the room besides the tome and the bandages that might be able to give us a hint as to. Investigation roll. Okay. I'm good at that. The die, on the other hand, that's going to be a 14 total. 14 total. Mirthal, are you investigating as well or no? Yeah, I'll do it. I'll actually, I'll assist on them. Make more okay. Advantage, Mr. Captain. Alright, if that's the case, that 14 is instead. Ooh, it's a 19 on the die. 23. No, 26. So upon examining the room, you notice that the room isn't... Doesn't look like he left in any hurry. Nothing seems to be scattered across the room. You have the journal nicely laid out on the stand. You have the bandages kind of strewn across, but that's mostly because of the length at which they might have gotten caught on something, right? Or he might have been stretching it out to maybe air it out, possibly. Upon searching the rest of the furniture within here, you find more journals. However, like the other one before, these journals are also written in some sort of code. But what you find similarly is that there, there are dates on the upper left corner of each page, and they just progressively get closer and closer to a current date. The more you go. Well, we found more journals, but I'll just I'll, I'll start thumbing through them to showing Mirth all the dates. They're getting closer mm -hmm. and closer. The one you found in the journal. See see how see how long ago that one was. All right, I knew so. You you know you you scour through the book. You find that it's only about a couple weeks. The the last entry was only about a couple weeks. Couple weeks ago. Okay, so that 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 could be a good thing, right? Yeah. Could be 
Because he didn't look like he left in a hurry. He could have just... But then why would he leave all of his stuff behind? Then again, you know what? Let's not... <laughs> let's let's keep searching. We'll, we'll see if there's any, anything you, else. You know what? Is there... Can I, like, crack the cipher by looking at the pattern of the other books? Absolutely. So it's going to be a DC check of sorts. So okay. <clears throat> it's going to be... It's going to be a int check. So okay. the DC is going to be... 18 to beat. Alright, you need my permit, uh, Arcana check? Would that be okay, or...? Yeah, sure. Sure. It'll <laughs> yield different information, but... Yeah. And... I won't know, that's a 13. 13? Yeah. So... What information you're able to... Like... It's, it's in a language that you don't quite understand fully. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's also in it, written as a cipher, so that compounds onto the challenge at which you are trying to solve what's going on and what this journal's saying. Yeah. But what you're able to make out is he talks about possibly finding something pertaining to the Empyreans and also something involving a theoric cataclysm Possibly, it's 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 a word. It's not literally a direct translation, but cataclysm or some something synonymous with that word, and Hope's Point Bay, LinkedIn as well. Hmm. Okay, I'll relay all that to them. Okay, so we. Okay, so that tracks with what we learned, with what Valak and I learned. They were they were they were at some point in Hope's Point Bay. Hmm. Hopefully that they were there, not that they were headed there. I know it. Otherwise, why didn't you think we had? That's that's the part I'm worried about. But let's um, let's keep going. Let's 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 let's, 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 let's keep searching. And I will say, you see, Darmus is, is more is less ready to go. More, he's trying to change the subject. Understood. And. uh... I'll head to the other room. Okay. And I'm assuming you follow, Captain? Yes. Both Darnum and Mirthal enter the room across the hall. It is room three, if I'm not mistaken. You enter this room, open the door like before, and in here, the room looks like it's also been lived in. Darnum, give me... Just roll me a d20. Okay. Right, sixteen on the die. Am I adding anything to it? No, sixteen's good. Okay. So, on <clears throat> on the nightstand, right by the bed, that is made, but kind of made hurriedly, it seems. Right, is some sort of it, something special and sentimental that you would have given Nasira. Oh. Now, what would I give her? That wouldn't be that wouldn't be a ring because she would take that off. Uh, no. Do you want to come back to it later? You know what? Yeah, I'll come back to it later. Okay. But upon recognizing the item instantly, you automatically know that this was Nasira's room. Okay, this is her room. Okay. 
like seeing that, I'm gonna just pocket it. And then as Amelia starts searching around, seeing if there's any other signs of maybe where she could have gone or if she's still around or even though I'm Give pretty sure a... it's the same scenario of oh no, it's been it's been at least a few weeks. Give me a investigation roll. And the dice can tell I'm frantic because that's a nine. So that's going to be 16. Okay. 16. Good enough. Pouring over the room, you find what looks like two journals. Uh, they both chronicle and they're both written in draconic. So I, I believe you understand that language, right? Yes, I can. So I can read these. Is this is it written in a, in, a, in the same in the same kind of cipher that Mirthal was describing? No, she didn't bother with that. Okay. She she was being direct, so she was just chronicling her adventures, and she picked up the journal. It seems in Centris, or the journals rather, in Centris, and she chronicled what occurred in Hope's Point Bay as best she could, as you know, leading the doctor, uh, or rather describing an individual who matched the Dr. Narod's appearance um, and that it was a weird encounter because he just literally like pinpricked her and then ran away. Uh, managed to escape Hope's Point Bay and then appeared in this strange realm and then parted ways with the other companions but stuck with Tokraxis because it seemed like his journey would provide her with more understanding and fulfillment of learning about the realms and how the etheric energies and lawful creation energies just course through them. Okay. And so each one chronicles like a, almost like not a day by day, but every so often. So it talks about her time in Aethris, her time in Centris, and then finally when you get to the second book, it also talks about her time briefly in White Ridge and Valru. The while the first book is fully filled, the other one is only filled for the first few pages. And the date, however, is only about a week old, as opposed to two weeks old, like Tokraxis's was. Okay, this is... All right, so she's been here within the last week, Mirathal. Um, but, then she, but there's nothing else after that, so hopefully hopefully that means that... Uh, I, don't know what, I, don't, I don't know what that would mean. It would mean that she moved on to somewhere else and messing it. Yeah, that's. I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take that. Hopefully, you know, just. You wouldn't know it if she was gone. Stop worrying, bro. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, let's. Well, we know she was. We know she was here. If this, if Tanisat does anything, she could have. They could probably either realize they couldn't deal with it and then kind of just had to leave. Or perhaps they want no one to know and deal with it. Was your, was your Nasir and the type to do that? Uh, well, everything I know, she knows from the, from our time in the monastery. So she can scrap with the she can scrap with the best. I'm more of the hand to hand kind of person. She does. Well, put it this way: she's she's more of the uh, the weapons expert. So you put you put anything in her hands, and she will know how to to make it easy. Yeah. So. Uh, Okay. Let's make our way to the mountain, my friend. Okay. Yeah, let's see if let's, we let's find him there. Alright. If we're lucky, yeah, she'll so. be celebrating a, a, a massive victory over a terrifying creature that consumed an entire t- t- town. <laughs> or. <laughs> yeah, there's only one way to find out. Alright. 
so, and we're off. And that you are. <laughs> you spent about a couple hours. Night has set and snow has begun to fall. It's a light snowfall for the time being. But understanding what you do, Darnum, about your time in Valru, a slight, a light snowfall can quickly turn into a blizzard very quickly. And you were also in one of those last time you were in Valru. But unlike before, you're not in a massive industrial city. How do you proceed with that information? All right, dude. That's right. I didn't bother thinking about bringing. I think I have the eyes of creation, so I'm fine on that front. Yes. So, if you got any eye protection, Miracle, you might want to put that on. See, this could turn. This could. This squall could, could get a little hinky at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Have we seen this ship overhead, like ahead in the mountains? Give me a perception roll, because visibility isn't perfect, but it's not obscured entirely. So the score is going to be a little higher. Sixteen. Sixteen. How about you, Darnum? Are you going to do a perception roll as well or no? I'll, I'll go for it. Okay. God damn it, natural one. I don't see shit. Oh, the, I don't see ship. There we go. You don't see ship, exactly. <laughs> you, from where you are, Mirthal, you make the slightest outline of the ship. But as the snowfall begins to get a little bit more intense, ever so minutely, that outline becomes a little bit more obscured. But for now, you see it off in the distance. Is it closer to the mountain than we are? Yes. Alright. Darnum, come here. Alright. Yeah, I'm on the ship. Oh. You bound back to the ship? Where exactly? Um, right on the deck. Okay, you're on the upper deck? The -hmm. ship is as close to the mountains as it can possibly get. Alright. Well, now you've got to make a way now safely. Oh, Easy how, enough. About how high up are we? Uh, you're below the cloud line, so snow is starting to accumulate on the deck. But your your crew's working very hard to scoop it off and dump it over overboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long can you send safely, darling? You know, I've never actually tried to find out. That's uh. Then don't worry about it. Um, I learned a little trick with Mallet one time. Want to try it and get down there faster? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I know Free Sean, fall in part two. Sean, the, the player, is is awfully skeptical about this. Okay. <laughs> would, Darn, would Darn the character, would he would he find any reason to question this? Oh, I rolled pretty low. He's he's uh, he's he's fairly trusting with this. You know what, let's, let's see what happens. All right, hold on to me. Okay. I'll just... Yeah, I'll pull out the rod. Yep. So I'm assuming you jump off the ship and you're going to, I guess, yep. stab the ship with it? Or stab what exactly? The air. Uh, well, technically, the mo- I knew the air, but I knew it like, closer to the mountain. Okay. So that way I uh, pick a point and, and stop myself when we're like 30 feet. Six, well, about, to be safe, like 60 feet up. Okay. Just in case I mess up or something. So you leap with Darnum. Mm-hmm. And like before with Valak... This is starting to become common practice, so you're getting used to this, which is... I'll let you discern whether that's a good or bad thing. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. You stab the mountain, press the button, and yep. as soon as you press the button, the laws of physics stop. Ah! Oh, and oh. Yeah. You don't, even, you don't feel a jerk. It just stops. It's like... It's a little unsettling. Like, it's... it's 
it's like what you expect that elevator effect to have, but you just right. never get that rising moment. <laughs> oh, that's, that's weird. It is, but it works. All right. I guess I'll... Uh, yeah. Can we see like, an opening or anything from up here before we descend completely? What's your passive perception, 16? Yeah. Factoring the snow... You see multiple openings. You see probably one about 60 feet away from you. It's about 60 feet away, but about probably another 20, 25 feet below. And then you also have the, what looks like the mouth of a cave entrance at the base of the mountain. Okay. We're fun to know who we're going to, Narnum. Let's see. How far how far away is the closest one from our particular position? Well, I'll, I'll say for I'll say for me. I don't, I don't like considering I I have an easier chance of getting there. Not accounting elevation, it would be the one that's on the ground. But if you're counting for elevation, technically it would be the one that's about 60 feet away from you. Okay, perfect. Well, I can go for that and I'll, I'll point I'll point towards it. I can go for that one. And then I'll, uh-huh. if anything, I'll catch you if it needs me. Alright. I'll, I'll let you uh, hop over there. Right. And then when they're done with that, I'll get the rod out from being stuck. And uh, I'll make my way over there. Alright, so I'm going to just... However you, want me to, however you want me to make this roll, just Spider-Man way over there. Then I get to do Like, make sure Treat it. Treat it as... Either acrobatics or athletics. I'll take it with acrobatics. That might be a better okay. shot. Okay. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. As soon as you make your way to it, your foot finds purchase on the craggy surface of this mountain. You leap from stone to stone. Actually, there's an outcropping that kind of sticks out a little bit, and you're able to get a grip and swing, pivoting your hip forward, and actually kind of somersault. Uh, yeah, somersault forward and then land onto the uh, the mouth of that cave entrance. It's about 26, uh, not 26, well, 60 feet away. All right. Whew. That was fun. But uh, uh, I'll, I'll look up, I'll look give, up give me a, I'll... Give me, quickly, give me a D100 roll. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Ooh. 32. 32. You feel something hard underneath your feet. You can't quite make sure whether it's ice or hardened snow or something. You just feel something weird and hard underneath the, your your foot. Okay, just give a quick. I'll just like give it a quick look and just kind of like you know kind of like just kind of grind your foot on it a little bit just to see see if I can discern what it is. But I can't quite figure it out. But I'll just look back up. Rear all just kind of motion for him to drop down. I got you. With what with what little light there is, there's a small glint in the ground. The color that it gives off is strange. There's that hint of purple, but also, similarly, the nameless color of the void distortions as well. I'll make my way over to him. I'll deactivate the, uh, the raw I'm putting back in my inventory and make my way over. Okay. Uh, bounding, I'm assuming, or? Uh, or are you going to try it, acrobatics as well, like you did? No, you know what? I'll let Paul know in there. I okay. have enough. I don't have to worry about it yet. Okay. And I'm simple enough, out. you bound to Darnum, retrieving the rod beforehand. It's like, all right, let go of the rod. 
or deactivate the rod, and then you bound it. Yep. Like, easy enough. Like, you see Darn, like, he's got his arms kind of ready for the catch, and then just... Oh, okay. Sorry, Duncan. Your fourth easier. here. I'll just... I'll, I'll motion to... And I'll start heading over to where I see the... Wait, how far away is it from where I... From where we are? The, the, the weird clint. It's underneath your foot. Like, you... When you... You said you were moving your foot around. Oh. When you are moving your oh, foot I around, was, okay. was, you caught it. No, it's right below you. Okay, so when he see when he gets here, I'll, he'll see me kneeling down after I get like, oh, and just try to like brush aside whatever this is to see if I can make out what this what I'm, what I'm looking at. <clears throat> it looks like a strange stone of some kind. Are you gonna try to remove it from the ground? Yeah, I'll see if I can try and work it out. You pry it from the ground, and it's probably about half the size of a fist, right? And there seems to be this ever swirling confluence of. Or conflux of energies of sorts, oh. etheric, as well as that weird void distortion. You, Mirthal, however, see the etheric energy, the, the purple color of it, as well as a similar color of a certain energy that resides within a bevelo. Oh. Uh, we're talking about Anionis, or...? Yes. Yes. Okay. Any idea what this mm. is? At all. Is oh. a kind of it's basically the Mavenomian version of etheric energy. Why do I why do I know a nihilist energy? Like Darn says that line. Why do I know a nihilist energy? Because you see enough to use it. That's the valid what he uses in his uh Nomium resort. Right, because he was just he was at there was a there was a shop in Centris he was asking about making some stuff with it, using using Annihilus energy, and the guy couldn't do it. So he seemed pretty disappointed about that, but... You know what? I'll extend the, whatever this... Whatever this thing is, I'll hand it over to Mirathal. Here you go. I don't know if I should be touching yeah. it, but yeah, here. Is it touchable? Yeah. Uh, yeah? Here, here you okay. go. Yeah. I'll wrap it. Think of that weird, swirling, liquid uh, visual that you see with certain snow globes, or like, think of like a snow globe combined with a lava lamp, that type of thing. Is this night inside that you know how I had the etheric orb from Asher? Is this like an ionic version of it? Not quite, because you see it, you don't see pure nihilus energy. You see a conflux of etheric energy interwoven with it as well. And from my knowledge, are there supposed to be able to merge like that? I thought they were like opposites. They are opposites of one another, but you don't, you've never known any sort of reaction aside from the breaking ability mm -hmm. to break one of those energies, as it were. Hmm. So it, it's, it's very much so. It's alien to you, it's familiar but alien at the same time. Alright, I'll put it somewhere in my bag. I might have to show this to Asher at some point. Maybe he might understand it. Uh, let's make our way. Simply tell me we're heading the right way. Yeah, I'll summon my weapon. Okay, and you gentlemen proceed forward. Yes. Yes, sir. As you go, as you journey about 40 feet into this cave, you wind up stopping suddenly. Who's who's leading, by the way? Uh, um, I'll take charge. It's, it's, I'll, I'll keep the eyes of creation okay. open. Alright. Okay. Darnold, I'll come in you, 
you stop giggity. Um, you <laughs> stop. <laughs> you stop suddenly and react how you will as you see what looks like an entire city built inside this mountain. You see large ziggurat-esque like structures, but then you also see strange architecture of non-Euclidean geometry in the background. And you see standing at the center, this tall figure has what looks like, from where you can see, not figure, but I mean like a statue, sorry, of a figure with long tendrilus-like hair holding a sword, the blade touching into the ground, and the material looks weird. Something you, you you may or may not have seen before, but it's kind of hard to tell from where you are. Like, from where we are, can we make out any features? Does the statue look like a familiar figure or anything like that? It looks like a humanoid of some kind. Not any humanoid that you've ever seen, but a humanoid of some kind. There's no mouth, the and the eyes are pretty just normal eyes. There's no color to them. I can't. I, this, is, this is made out of something, but I can't tell what it is. At least not from here. Uh, can I make anything out? I'm not sure what role this would be. Uh, treat this as a int saving throw, I guess. I think that'd be the best. Or Arcana? No, Arcana. Yeah, I guess Arcana might be the best one. All right. I'm not. Uh, that's gonna be a seventeen. This statue is entirely comprised of lovium. That's no meal. That's the what my armor may have. Um, it won't be no amnesia and any make and break the weapons out of. It's from a Ah, uh, damn it. That's, what I was, that, that's the sort of thing I was afraid of. We should have brought Aster with us. Um. Fuck. And all of a sudden, he appears with... No, I was joking. <laughs> really? Sweet. No. <laughs> How convenient, though. No. I mean, technically, I couldn't go back in the ship and get him, but I'm going to be wearing out my mountain and invite you on a round trip. Um, Let's see if we can... Well, hopefully, this is, looks like an entire... There's like a whole city's worth of everything here. Yeah, we, we shouldn't do this on our own. I'm going to go Okay. All right, I'll just, I'll, well, you'll know what, you'll, I'll say, you'll know where to find me, I suppose. Stay right, you want to come with me, or you want to stay here? I know, I'll say, I'll say, you gotta, you gotta conserve your energy to bring someone with you, so. All right, I'll be right back. You bound I'll, back on, yep. You bound back onto the ship, appearing, I'm going to assume, on the deck, or where exactly? Yeah. And now head towards the room, him and his okay. wife room. You knock on the door. Mm-hmm. Wrapping your knuckles on the hardwood surface of it. And the door opens. And Aster says, can I help you, Mirthal? Everything okay? We found something you need to see. Okay. Um, I'm assuming it's important. Yeah, it's important. Okay. And he looks back at Kalina. Kalina's just sitting at on the bed, right? She has like mm-hmm. the uh, she has like what looks like glasses on, right? And she's just reading through the book. And he looks back and he says, "I'll be right back." And she goes, "Okay." 
And she smiles, uh, and he smiles back at her. I'm sorry for the sermon, Colin. No, it's all right. No, no worry. And he closes the door behind him and proceeds with you. Yep. Uh, Al, uh, Al has shown your outbound right back to Darnham. You bound right back to Darnham. In the slight meantime, Darnham, are you doing anything, like any preparation for anything? I'll let you do something like that. I'll, like, brief. I'll, I'll take out some chalk, just we put, a, put like a marking to mark where we are. You know, just, okay. Like, you know, places to you know, keep track of. In case things get wrong and maybe someone needs to come find us, here, follow this marker here, to this marker there, and so on and so forth. Okay. Easy enough. You mark off the locations you want to mark or what you think is important. And then as as soon as you get done finishing doing so, Mirthal and Aster bound to you. Uh, oh, you're back. Yep. So what is it that... And he... Oh, yeah, I have a point. As soon as you do, his eyes widen. His mouth drops agape. This is impossible. Do, do, do you know who or what that is? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, just like motes of dust in the sea, you see his skin peels away. His hair falls off. And his skin turns like almost like a pallid gray color. Where there was once long black strands of hair are now replaced with very similar tendrilous, uh, I guess, tentacles, I guess. Um sprouting from his head, matching that of the statue. But he's a bit more, uh, shall we say, muscular than the individual in the statue. And the seemingly human appearance of a one aster disappears. He turns around, his mouth missing entirely, eyes glowing the same nameless color as the other one before, as, uh, as Lovium does. Or the distortions for you, Darnum, to provide some perspective. You see, Darwin just take a like a just like a, a hop back, like oh. Is is this his true form, Asher? Yes, but what's that? And he points with Ravnor, his blade, doing here. That shouldn't be here. I, I, I take it that's supposed to be you. No, that's... I have to think. A great ancestor of some kind. Um, I don't know. When we all talk about this, I'll show him the, uh, the combination of a theory and an this energy. This is here as well. Interesting. Hold hold on to that. Uh, I'll explain more later unless you want me to really delve into it now. Alright. Uh, his wife and someone who was doing research into Empyreans might be here. And there's this creature. I'll run the most of me and everything. He looks back at you, Darnum. And he looks at you, Mirthal. Hold on to that stone. And I don't mean to be grim, Captain. But if your wife is here, and God forbid, or rather, not even God, but Aster. forbid 
aspects forbid, yeah, that she has perished, that stone is something you're going to want. Uh, okay, okay. You want to hold on to it, Mendarnum? Or you want me to hold on to it? Sure, I'll I'll hold on to it. I'll just cut it. I'll pocket it. Or put it in. Yeah, I'll pocket it. Okay. Oh. Let's find out what the hell is not supposed to be here and send it back. Okay. And I'm assuming. You notice instantly that there seems to be like a very crudely made stone staircase just winding down deep into this strange city. Now we go. Okay. And as you guys travel down this winding staircase, anything you guys wish to do? The eyes are basically uh, popped and ready, just scanning, scanning in the area, seeing if there's anything. If there's any it's the same, similar issues like with the void energies, dotting the area that we need to avoid, things like those. No void energy, but strong distortion from where the statue is. Right, okay. But Stay given the up. fact that it's made of lovium, that's to be expected. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? No, if I'm going to pop the eye at faintness and take a good look at Astro in his true form, does no he get a lot different? There are no chains on Aster, right, as before. Mm-hmm. But you notice a strange symbol on him. That wasn't there before? That wasn't there before, no. Okay. Uh... It doesn't seem to be on him even in with when you look at him normally either. It seems like whatever it is, the eyes are what are is bringing it out. Not yet. I'll memorize that symbol so I can research it later. Okay. The symbol symbol, it kind of gives off the same motif as your aspect symbols, or rather your aspect signs, as it were, Mm -hmm. for the champions. Only this one, it looks like a skull, right? With a crown. But the skull is shattered and looks like where where the epicenter of wherever this like shattering is happening is breaking in what looks like eight to ten different directions. Oh. Okay. Which you've seen a symbol with a skull before, too. I have. I'm blanking on it right now. Myself uh, from in here. Give me a D100 roll. You got it. That ain't going to be an 81. 81. Mm-hmm. So you recall Ankar's champion symbol had a skull, but instead of it being shattered, it had a crown and had a singular arrow going through the mouth. Hmm. Yeah, maybe this is... I know what the King Crimson symbol is, or no? No, you've never seen a symbol for the King Crimson. You just know that... Red is his favorite color. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I made the armor red. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh... Asher, I don't mean to pry now or all the time, but... What does this symbol mean? Yeah, I'll uh, describe it. You can see it. Yes. It's a symbol... 
synonymous with my father. Okay. I'm assuming you didn't get my choice. Consider it a birthright. Understood. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, I'll make note of that, and uh, down the stairs I continue. Okay. You journey down the stairs and enter this strange city. Aster guides you, and it seems like he knows where he's going. Having never been here before, though. Is this similar to a place in the Memlo? Yes, there's a city. It's, well, once was a city. Is this where you went to get the sword? No. Wait. No, no. He shakes it off. This city, I've... It's it's weird. It looks exactly like Ungvarat. Ungvarat, it, it's a city in a bevelo, ancient Nekladean. By the way, that's what my species are called, Nekladeans. I tend to be the nicer of the bunch, despite my patronage. I understand. Okay. And as I look around, does it remind me of the mission I had at him? Yes, it does. It almost looks like a one-for-one as a location. But in the vision, it was different. In the vision, everything was, shall we say, dilapidated, unkept. Like, the buildings looked like they had already fallen over and so forth, and the statue itself looked like it was unattended to. This mm-hmm. statue, however, looks like it's well attended to. Like, it actually looks doesn't have any type of patina on it, and it's made of pure lovium as you gentlemen walk through the city and get closer to it. Uh, is there anything you'd like to do as he's guiding you through the main thoroughfare of this city? Does yeah, any... And then there's lemon in here exactly. at all? Any signs of life? Survival or investigation? I'll let you guys choose which one. Uh, or if you want to help one another out, it's up to you. I'll do survival. I can, okay. I'll, if I can, I can, I'll do... I'll eh, offer assistance. It's like advantage. Okay. So, oh, advantage, okay. and it lowers the score as well. <clears throat> and then it's going to be... Yeah, it's a 13 for me. 13? Yeah, I don't know. I'm you them. don't see anything that says anything's living here, but it's very, you know, it, everything going on, it's very sudden. Between the strange stone, seeing Aster's true form for the first time. Like, this whole mm-hmm. time he's been hiding what he actually looks like, Right. And then his bewilderment at the site, you know, and Aster is, has, you know, I'll let you decide whether it shook you a little bit or not, but Aster's been the one stable rock when it comes to all the Abevalo stuff, and now there's something about his own realm and his own, not realm, but his own home world that he doesn't know about, technically speaking. Or is yep. it by? Yeah, in the same way. In my visions of you, that the wisdom of Mavenal shown to me. It looked like this, but different. Now it's pristine. What do you think is going on here, man? I know you like keeping some secrets in yourself, but I think right now we need to know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Persuasion roll with advantage. Uh, that is going to be a 16. 16? With advantage? Yeah. With advantage. Okay. Yeah. He looks at you and he looks at Darnum. That information, <laughs> I... Bless you. Sorry about that. Yes, sir. Oh, it's all good. God bless you. All the dust in the, this weird cabinet city. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I want you to lovium. <laughs> Darnum can never become a breaker. Not you. No. That information I provided for you and Valak all that time ago, there was a bit of a cost to it. I'm aware. My father, given the deal I made with him, that cost was to journey with my brother to the city of Ungvarat. There I found this. And he pulls out the blade Ravnor, that sentient talking blade from before that you... Um, spoke to briefly when you were in the College of Heroes, Mirthal. Mm-hmm. And Darnum, if you want, give me a perception roll. Alright, let's see what this, let's see what we've got. Perception 20, dirty 20. Okay. So, at, something you notice about this blade? It looks like it's rising and falling, similar to the way people breathe and exhale. Just me, or is that thing? Bre- you know, darn it, Jacob. You know, I'm not even gonna. It's a, it's an above level thing. I'm not even gonna question it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's alive. It's doesn't seem to be a little too chatty for the time being. Oh, and it, it ch- talks to you. That's certainly not creepy. Oh, you certainly. I talk indeed. And you oh. hear that voice. And Mirthal, you hear that voice. And Aster Hello just rolls there, his eyes. Hello there, young lamb. This place looks familiar. You're not returning me. Your father will... Well, he won't kill you, but he'll be very upset with you, Prince. He, Loki no, seems he, upset too. Yeah, he's not. Loki is not happy. He's like, I'm not that. having any of this. Yeah, he's no, like, I'm he's out. Not. He went right into his house and sat down and said, No, it missed it. He said, A bevel, I'm out. Yep. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> mm-hmm. No one's returning um, you, Ravnor. It, this isn't Ungvarat, despite as what may seem. Do you have any idea what the place is, Ravnor? I haven't the slightest. I, back when I was alive, I didn't even think a Bevelo was real. Death, however, makes you call upon strange bedfellows. Desperation. And then you see, strangely enough, in the hilt, this eye opens up. And it starts like looking around sporadically in no discernible pattern. Uh, you know what? Still not so... Every time I think something strange is going to happen. 
So wait, so wait, every time I think something stranger can't happen, you get one of these. Oh my. Well, that's Agreed. And as you folks press forward and you arrive at the foot of this statue, Aster kneels down and just bows his head to it, closing his eyes briefly, whispers something in a language neither of you can fully comprehend. Mirthal, you kind of understand it cause from your studies. Mm-hmm. You don't understand everything that he's saying. And then he opens his eyes again and rises back up. Let's proceed forward. Unless there's more that you want to take a look. I'll take a minute. Is there anything awkward, you know, besides it being that the ass at you? You see that there is a similar family resemblance to Aster. Mm-hmm. Not a one-for-one, one, but you can definitely see how they could potentially be related. How far down the family line, you don't know, but there is some sort of heraldry amongst the two. Yeah, yeah. Anything for you, Captain? I'll say, um, like, with the eyes of creation, as I'm right at the, at the foot of the statue, is it all just pure lobium? Is there anything else there? If, like, you know, hidden within or around it that the amount of lobium that, like the amount of that, uh, that mysterious energy distortion I was seeing might have obscured from a distance it's pure lobium but you notice that you notice that there is what looks like at the base behind the feet right where the statue is facing forward to the city and you guys are starting to go past the statue there seems to be a gap in the distortion as it were. Hey, there's a... I'll, I'll walk towards it. There's a, there's a little gap over here. I'll just walk towards it. You walk over to the gap, and you see that it looks like some sort of plaque of some kind. I'll just, I guess I'll turn them off so I can actually read what the plaque says. And you read the plaque, and it simply states, in honor of the sacrifice made by Emperor Finongale. And I'll, I'll, I'll repeat that out loud as I read it. Aster stops cold in his tracks and turns around. This is perplexing. That there shouldn't be a Neclidean city here of all places. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I strongly advise you all to keep your arms ready, to say the least. That they are. You knew recognize that name. Yes. uh, Ancient ancestor. uh, Emperor of Ungvarat. Long story short, something strange came from the night sky one day. Crashed into the gardens within Umvarat and slowly corrupted that city. Finangol made an ultimate sacrifice to buy his people time to escape to, well, where they preside now underneath the Abyssal Sea. Or so I thought. Maybe some made their way here. I'll have to figure it out later. Maybe ask my father a question, but I don't know if I'm willing to pay that price for that information. But Finangol made that sacrifice, and yeah. That's about it. 
And you also killed him. Shut up, Ravnor. Testy, are we? And Astrid just continues forward. Hmm. Yeah, I'm following on. Let me ready. And yourself, Captain? I'm, I'm, I'm along. I guess I'm along for the ride. Okay. You ascend up this temple of sorts, or what you can perceive to be a temple slash like it gives a almost like a combination between the Hanging Gardens of Babylon as well as a mix of also the Ziggurat-like Inca temples and or Aztec, sorry, not Inca, Aztec temples, and you proceed forward. As you go forward into this, you discover what looks like a large amphitheater, and within this amphitheater are a series of crystals large crystals, at least probably about 12 to 16 feet varying in height randomly throughout this amphitheater. And with that, we'll be taking another break. And we're back. All right. So as I stated before, you come upon this large amphitheater of sorts, a variety of crystals roughly about four, 14 to 16 feet tall embedded into the ground. But that's about it. it. From where you stand, you guys can maybe make out strange silhouettes within the crystals themselves. Uh, like, let the eyes of creation take oh, over and again. Creepy music. There we go. Uh, let the eyes of creation take Moment. over again. Do I, if I, can I still see the silhouettes within the crystals? Yes, they are, from what you can tell, they're still alive. Ew. And inside the crystal, the crystal is completely comprised of some sort of water etheric energy, like water energies. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, was it nightness in the other city as well, Aster? Or anything to pop out of there? No, it wasn't. Rather, this whole area didn't exist. Inside the temple, and Ravnor interjects. <clears throat> yes, inside, it was me floating above a pedestal, waiting for some prince to show up and take me. Let's see. Uh, yes. Can we tell what exactly the silhouettes are? Like, doesn't like... Uh, humanoid, nothing like something else. Oh, it is definitely, definitely humanoid. Definitely humanoid. And there are roughly about, I'd say, 16 of these humanoids. So 16 of these crystals. Hmm. All right. Um. Yeah, I'm staying the hell away from that. Okay. Keep one following after. Is there like a. Like, Astra just stands there. Any, like, any this... stones on the ground? Yeah, they're 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 stones on the ground. I'll just, means... I'll just try and toss it against one of the crystals and see. This is like bounce off of it, just like make a reflection. Or if it's something creepy, like it'll just sink into them. Easy enough. You you throw at one of the crystals before you, and as it hits the surface of the crystal, it lets out a res like a resonant, ding, hmm. and it just hums throughout the cavern. Or the temple, rather, I should say. Oh. Rather harmonious. Uh, harmonious, yes. I don't know how uh, 
wise that was. If there's something around here, coming out, attracted to the sound. I think there's something around here. Hopefully, as long as we're out in the open, we can't get the drop on us. Yeah. Aster looks at both of you. Wait, what are you doing here, by the way? When you saw him out. What brought you here? We told you. We went to that town. Oh, that's right, the children. Correct. Yeah. Oh, that's what, that's what I'm going to look at Aster, see if, anything, if he looks like he's like a little disoriented or something. He is. He He's he's trying to figure things out. He, he's a little disoriented by the fact that he has found a city that looks exactly like one it, from his realm that should not be here. So, like, you could be talking, and it's a little bit of like a wah-wah-wah Charlie Brown effect, and then he hears words occasionally. But he's trying to figure out what's going on. Ah, uh, okay. I thought he was like... Yeah. But like, oh no, brain don't work good all of a sudden. No, not all of a sudden, just his mind is trying to be at multiple places at once. You just as good of as ours. We have no idea what the hell going on here. Oh, okay. And he leaps down. Oh. Uh, Into what? <clears throat> Into the amphitheater. Oh, fuck. Well, now I know as well. Well, what's more to the region? Okay, uh, both of you make deck saving throws. Or acrobatics. I'll let you choose. It's the same for me. Um, you, I got a natural 20. So that's, a thir- that's, a, <laughs> that's a 30 either way. I have a 13. I feel like I, need, I, feel like I should. I, I really need to save that natural 20 for whatever happens next. <laughs> so, 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 hold on, Mirthal, what'd you get? 13. 13? Yeah. With Aster's assistance, he manages to help you as you land. Otherwise, you might have would have probably twisted an ankle. As for you, Darnum, you land deftly. But as you do so, one of the silhouettes in the crystal becomes just a little bit more clearer. To you, it has a bit of a scale-bound shape to it. Like the moment I, like, I'm gonna just start. I'm gonna beeline it towards it. Okay, <clears throat> and as you draw closer, it confirms everything you may possibly be thinking. Within this crystal is Nasira, and she just looks. She's not, doesn't look like any sort of terror, any sort of fear, and any sort of like decomposition. She looks as you remember and you're just stuck in this crystal. Oh, shit. I'll just... Like, just immediately, like, just, like, hands on the crystal, see if this... Try, like, trying to see if there's, like, signs of, like, signs of, like, she's, you know, make sure she's still, you know, alive. So, first, like, first things first. You touch the... You touch the crystal? Charisma, charisma saving throw, but with advantage, and the score is lowered due to your reasons. Fuck, that was almost close to an extra twenty. Okay, so it's either nineteen on the die or nineteen on the die. It's really not eighteen. Eighteen total. As you touch this crystal, your hand sinks into it just ever so lightly. There are ripples that travel across its surface, and then these cracks begin to emerge from where your fingertips are, and the crystal shatters, 
freeing Nasira from this crystal, and she lands in your arms. Like, just immediately, like, I guess, like, I was like, it just, it's it, like, almost like, like, Mirathol and Aster, like, like, they're not even here. Like, they're not even here right now. Just, just tapping your face, trying okay. to shake her awake. Mirathol, you see this. What are you... I'm gonna rush to his side and make sure that he's... No, not a me or enemy attack while you tend into your wife. Okay. Uh, what are you doing, Darnum, exactly? Are you doing, like, a, like to see if her vitals are okay, like, or...? Like, once that initial wave of panic, I'm just like, trying to wake up, it's like, yeah, you gotta do, check pulse, check breathing, just check, make sure... Make sure she's still on this, yeah, in the land of the living, I suppose. Medicine roll. Woohoo! Finally get to use this again. With advantage again. Yes! And with that, it was desperately needed, because I was four and to die. Jesus. Okay, so that's 18 plus 9, 27. Her vitals feel normal. She's not conscious, but her vitals are normal. Zero? 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 Hey, 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 hey. You're, you're, you're fine. You're good. You're, you're strong. Just, if you could hear me, can, 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 you, can you wake up? Can you open your eyes? Please. Please. Answer. There's a moment where she looks at you. Her eyes open. And she raises a hand, just gracefully touches the side of her face. Do you have like any have you been shaving or I would say at this point no. Not even not even consciously okay. so much as we've been we like literally at this point bounding everywhere. So how long has it been since your last like you know shave? Uh, and how quick does Darnum grow facial hair? I guess since I, since I learned that Stormborn can actually grow the hair, uh, I would say just uh, maybe an old amount. I would say let's see, when was the last time we could have had time to possibly even think to stop and do this? Would have been like when we were in. It would have been. Would have been. Well, we had no couple months. Oh, so in that case, it probably, it probably yeah. would have been at some point before we got attacked or the whole thing. Sure. Okay, so it's, it's been, I would say it's been a little bit, it has been probably close to at least a couple weeks, if anything, um, if not a little bit more, so you have, you know, not a full decked out beard, but it's a nice, healthy, you know, coat, and she just grazes the side of your face and lets out a ever so slightly grin. See, there you are, there you are. Hey, come on. Aster, bring out the key. Aster takes out a key, a little perplexed himself. <clears throat> That's the reason why? Yeah, her opening up the doorway to your wife so that he can get his wife to safety. Okay. And he thrusts the key forward, turns it, and this non-Euclidean geometry gate opens up and reveals what looks like the room that Kalina... And she looks, as you can see from the side, she's still reading. Uh, Darnum, get your wife in there so she's safe. Oh. It's just like, like, I guess Darnum actually snap out of it. What? Oh. She, uh, okay. Now. In this rush. Okay. You put her through the other side. And as you see, as you put her through their side... <clears throat> Kalina stops reading, and she looks in a direction, and she gives a smile, and while she can't carry Nasira herself, she's not quite built for that, she does 
do her best to bring Nasira over to the bed, and she starts attending to her. You see, she moves. She starts moving before the gate closes. She starts moving her hands over her, and you, Darnum, watch and feel how you may about this. Weird cosmic patterns begin to float above your your wife as you see this strange light begin to emanate from her and begin this to refill her cold, well, healthy body with a bit more warmth. This is like. I, I can see like this, the weight is lifted off of Darnum's shoulders. Just, I guess as it closes. Yeah. And then the gate slowly crumbles and closes, and the last sight you see is just Yasira looking in your direction and smiling at you. And then the gate shuts. I'll put a hand on your shoulder. You need one thing I couldn't, my friend. You say, Shall we seek to try to help the other individuals who are here? Yes. Yeah. yeah should. I don't. But that was more important. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know what I did to to, to save Nasir. I just kind of. I, I, I wasn't. You made it here. That's what you did. What do I do? You made it here, and you found your before and could have made a lot worse for her. That's what you did. Right, right. What about? And I'll just look, are there any more of these crystals around? Like at least there are about thirteen. There are about thirteen more crystals left. Oh no, fifteen. Sorry, fifteen more crystals. Sorry, fifteen. All right. Each of them has. Each of them has what looks like a fig, a humanoid figure inside. Okay. What's the closest one that you has in there? Uh, the closest one near you is the one that's about probably about another 35 feet away from where you found Asira. Inside there, it looks like an individual wrapped in bandages. Well, here would be your uh, possibly the Aetherian to practice. Like and I'll try right in a moment, this one. Okay, you touch the surface of the... Uh, I'm assuming you touch the crystal? Yeah. You touch the surface of the crystal, and you get that same resonant frequency coming from it. The oh, okay, sorry. Um, the resonant frequency coming off of this crystal, and you see cracks emanating from your fingertips. <coughs> Give me a charisma saving throw. Sorry. Oh, good. God bless you. Bless you. I wrote a natural one with Mason eleven. Oh. As this happens, the cracks begin to solidify, and there's a great rumbling at your feet. As this occurs, this being begins to erupt from the ground. You see two massive, icy clawed, made of complete ice, hands erupt from the ground and just pull itself up. This being towers over you, standing about 12 feet tall with the massive crystal as well on top of its back. There's no facial feature to it. I need you all to roll for initiative. Oh, damn it. Uh, I tried. Sorry. And... Damn, I'm gonna roll, roll for initiative. Uh, <laughs> Combat uh, time, baby. I rolled an 8. Oh, shit. 16, 21. Nice. Oh. Uh, the crystal broke the, uh, the crystal monster rolled like shit. He rolled a 12, so... Okay, well, I'm so after him. Okay, so hold what, on, let me, uh... What answer yet? The answer get high? Sorry, I completely forgot. 
Forgot to roll for Aster. <laughs> I know. I need one Aster, to help me again. Aster roll got a dirty 20. Nice. So let me just make a quick note for initiative. Um, <clears throat> initiative. Uh, what? Oh. So, Darnum, how much did you get? 21. Okay, so you're going first. Um, Aster. Aster. Uh, uh, Mirthal. All right, so we're ready. Uh, this creature rises above the ground. It just lets out this bung sound, almost like it, like you would find if it had a mouth to roar. You can assume that that might be it. But go ahead, darn him. Oh. Your go. Shoot. Okay, since we're going first. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm going to... Um... Excuse me. Uh, I guess... All tricks are the best tricks. Crack, a knuck, crack my knuckles, rush forward. I'm going to run and leap, leap at this thing and just try and punch it as hard as I can in his face. Okay, give me an attack roll. Uh, ha! That's 11 plus 21. 21, you hit. All right. I'm going to go full full damage first to the chain. So that's, I'm throwing everything at it this side, at this, at this one. So it's going to be... And of course, one of my die flies out again. Just, that's just how you roll. Patent pending. No, I mean trademark. <laughs> trademark pending. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, that was shit, though. But that's going to be eight, ten, fourteen. 15. 15. Uh, 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 15. 16. 20. 22. 24. 28 points of, 28 points of damage. Uh, 28 points of damage and 4, 7, uh, 9 points of that is uh, thunder damage. So how much total? Uh, 28. Okay, you do 28 points of damage to the thing as your fist careens with it. You see cracks begin to form along its surface, and bits of uh, ice fall to the ground, and as it hits the ground, they melt and dissolve and sink into the earth and soil below. So then as I land on the ground, just going to spin, rotate, just try and do like a, a quick strike to, I guess, where, I guess to, to, to the patella, going trying to, or where it, its patella would be if it had, like, you know, okay. comparable human features. Go ahead. But, yeah. That's going to be 17, 27. 27, it hits. All right, so that's just going to be no chain on that one, because it's still the same target. Ooh, perfect. It's going to be... Okay, so that's 5, 10, 15, 16. Uh, 21, 21 more points of damage for that one. And 15, okay. 15 of those are... Thunder damage. As you're, as are you kicking or uh, punching? Kicking. kicking. As you swing your foot, whack, cracking it again. Bits and pieces of its icy exterior just fall and crumble into the ground, melting once more. All right, I'm gonna spend a key point to flurry of blows. Go ahead, give me a roll. Let's, let's mark that off. First and foremost. 
first attack with the flurry. Uh-oh, 14 to hit. Mm, fortunately, 14 misses. All right, then the last one's going to be... There we go, that's better, 24. That does hit. And on top of that, I'm going to need it to make a... Dexterity saving throw. As it takes... Um, uh, okay. 7, 14, 16, 17 more points of damage. And that's going to be 10 it points rolled, of... It rolled an... It rolled an 11 for the oh, deck so save. Now it's been knocked... Oh, I'm sorry. It's been knocked prone. Okay, so how much of the damage? Uh, shit. I picked the dice. It was what? I know 10, I know 10 of those points were, were thunder damage, but I don't remember the exact... Do you know the total? Shoot, I picked the dice right afterwards. Uh... You know what? I'll... I'll make it... What's your average damage with that attack, roughly? What's the dice number? Okay, so the dice would be... It's going to be... 1d... It's going to be 1d8 from... 1d8 plus 5 from the unarmed strike that's base damage, plus 1d8 thunder mm -hmm. damage, plus the 2d8 from the unwisted potential. Okay, so... I... How about, we'll say... Since you've been doing around 20, 20 points of damage, roughly? Uh, it should be, but I know it was a lower number. Because most of the damage came from the we'll, we'll roll for 20, just, right. just, so half half. just for the sake of brevity. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll do 20. And you whack this thing. And as you do so, you break what is what you construed as its leg. And it falls over and is now considered prone. As it does so, you see what was where the stub is for its leg begins to regrow and reform, though, before your eyes. But the creature is knocked prone. Oh, oh I knocked it down, but I hold on. It's going to say that way. But that's it. That's it for, for Tara. Okay. Uh, that would be Aster's go is next. Aster looks at this creature. He glares at it. Huh. He looks at you, Darnum. What reading did you get off of it? Did you see what it was comprised of? I don't, I, I'll be honest. I didn't. I wasn't even paying attention to it. But I'll get. A, I'll take a look at it. Can I? Can I be? Would I be able to tell yes. Aster what energy I'm getting reading off of this thing? Absolutely. Alright, so let me get a quick read on him. Or whatever sound it makes. Good reading. And you're getting pure water. This is just pure water energy from our from our uh, intense friend over here. Is that so? Well then. Allow me. He cracks his knuckles, puts away his sword, walks over to it, touches it, break. And you see cracks begin to form along the icy surface of this creature, and it shatters. He looks over at Mirthal. Oh, and use my reality out right here as well. You apply your reaction to it, breaking it as well. The combined effort of both just shatter the creature, rendering this pure water energy being inert. And it dissolves, and then the being trapped within the crystal is freed. All right, I want to set up the charge as well. Okay, you get a charge. Yes, sir. And let me turn off the combat music and return to creepy shit. There we go. Oh, no. Wait, All that right. was, wait, that wasn't the worst thing. Oh, no. Oh. Okay. So combat has now ended. F well, combat has ended for now. There's a being laying on the ground, and. 
he seems to be breathing, but he's completely wrapped in bandages. So, Francis, wait up. I'll peel back one of the bandages that's in the night. And as soon as you peel back one of the bandages weakly, a hand grabs yours. But yet you were able to peel off a little bit. And you see just etheric energy flowing off of it. Darnum, should your eyes of creation be activated, you also see etheric energy flowing off of this being. It's you okay. to assume that he is the Aetherian that you're looking for, potentially. Compress, it's okay when you came here to help you and his wife. Tocraxis looks at you. And how does Tocraxis speak, by the way, Mirthal? I forgot to ask you already. Uh, he can speak multiple languages, so... Okay. Looking upon both of you, he starts speaking in the Elden tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll reply back to him. You're safe. We're gonna get you out of here as soon as we can. We have got free the others. And on that note, the next person that's there, yeah, I'm gonna start breaking with the breaker ability. Okay. And the next crystal beside you looks to be a Demakir. This is a male Demakir, very stout individual. Has a bit of a bit of a beer belly, right? Nothing too much, but you can kind of see the abs forming, and then right where the uh, the, the gut forms, completely gone. It's just a little bit of a gut. Yeah. And. Give me a nature roll. Sure. Nature uh, roll. Now going to me a 17. 17? Yeah. You see a... Oh. Oh. Yes, Starter? Oh, no, I was going to say 22 for the nature, but... Oh. Both of you see a bit of a similarity between Gunvaldi and this creature. Uh, in this, this Demacure. Yeah. And you break... There's a slight resemblance and you break the crystal and the gentleman begins to fall. Do either of you catch him? Oh, yeah, I can fall. Oh, it's him too. Okay, okay. Darn, Darn, catch you, him. you cast him, I'll break him out the crystals. Alright. And one by one, you begin to break them from their crystalline prisons. Catching each of them. Rescuing what you can of these Demakir captives, as it were. They begin to slowly come back to consciousness, their vitals normal, very much like Nasira and Tokraxis. Tokraxis following you along the way, and he takes out a book seemingly out of somewhere. You can't tell where. doesn't really look like he has pockets, but yet he does. And he just starts scribbling, and yet he begins to start scribbling everything down in a hurried pace as you're freeing these Demakir from their crystalline prisons. Uh, you need to give off the charge and find a way where I bring them or no? Yes, uh, you cap off to your max amount, which is, I think, five currently. So, yeah. So, it's kind of overkill, because there are 16 crystals total. Uh, by the time you reach number five, right? Mm -hmm. You're capped off, so. Alright, I continue breaking them all free, so. Okay, and all of them wind up coming to. You kind of catch a Demacir woman that kind of resembles um, a little bit of Ava in Gunvaldi a little bit. You see similar features and you know, facial features amongst the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the kids safe on our ship. 
We're going to get you all back there soon, okay? Uh, Asher, how many teams do you have? I've got a couple. Can you move one more and send them all into the ship? Yeah, absolutely. And you see, as you say that, the male Demacure that you had freed right after you freed Tokraxis looks at you, Mirathal. I'm not going anywhere. You can't go on the ship. That's fine. I'm glad they're safe. But they're not going to be safe for long if that asshole's still alive. What asshole? Ugly son of a bitch. Never seen anything like before. Uh, Tanisad? Uh, no, not the Tanisad. No, not at all. Those things... Those things I can probably handle. This thing... Don't know what the hell it was. It was... It was weird. It was purple smoke and... Every time I suck my axe into it, it just didn't look like it was doing much. Asking that sound familiar to you, L? Good question. Um. Oh. Hold on. Does did it look something like this? And he begins to speak to the the male Demakir, and he describes what sounds like a almost like this individual kind of wrapped in the same like etheric bandages that Tokraxis is wrapped in but also armor clad bearing a symbol that you both are familiar with the symbol of the champions of Meshiaver right with the skull with the arrow going through it oh. mm -hmm. he describes the symbol of Meshiaver that's synonymous uh, with the champion of Meshiaver should I say that skull with the arrow going through the mouth and then he begins to describe a bit more other features of it. Was it wearing a crown, perchance? Uh, something a bit strange. It kind of phased in and out. And the man nodded his... The Demikir, male, nodded his head. That's it. He goes, okay. Well then, he thrusts a key forward, turns it. You see the gate, the Bevelovian gate open up. The staple of Bevelovian gate open up and reveal to what looks like the mess hole of the kitchen of the blue mask. And he looks at him, places his hand on the gentleman's shoulder. Go. We'll take care of everything. And if anything, if we're not back in a few hours, tell... And he looks over at Darnum, this man's first mate, to get you and your family to safety before returning. Understood. The man stares into Aster's eyes. The brow unfurrows and he nods before entering the gate and you see the other Demakir go through it till Craxus looks back at you do you need my assistance perchance or should I go back with them as well I don't know what you can do it's up to you Well, I have a few tricks up my sleeve. It really depends if you need me. It seems you... And he looks at Aster, and he just starts scrawling some notes about Aster. And Aster's appearance... He gives a little grunt. Oh, does, a does, yeah. he, st does he still look like his... Uh, his well, how Aster looks? Is he back to how he normally looks? How he normally looks to us? Oh, no. He, he's, he's in his true Necladean form. He never reverted back. Yeah, so he's he's kind of let go of the whole human charade. If you can help, say. If not, get Matt on the ship. 
your choice. You know what? I think for research purposes, I'll stay with you, gentlemen. Right. Should you not mind. But all right. If anything happens and you realize it's getting a little too hairy, just you know, try and find some cover. We'll, we'll do our best to keep things off. I'm more than capable of handling myself, Stoneborn. And he, well, no facial features, but you see the bandage rustles in the same motion of a wink. I'll just give a, I'll give a nod. Like, Fair enough. All right. Mm-hmm. And the Bevelovian gate closes. And how do you generally want to proceed? All right. Where do where the creature need to describe? And why will we face him? If I may interject, Tokraxis says, the creature you're looking for, if it's the one that kidnapped me as well as everyone else, he's going to be, or it's going to be, further along that way. And he points to what looks like a opening, just probably about maybe 45 feet away from where you gentlemen are right now. Alright, do you know what it is? I haven't the slightest idea. It does match the description from what I recall of what your friend over here said. What are you, by the way? I've never seen your kind here before. You don't look like any sort of idyllian race. What's your name? It doesn't matter. And none of your business. Hmm. So I guess... Is that your temperament? Is that common with your race? Astrid just gives him a glare. And he just starts writing something down. Uh, Tokraxis just begins writing something down in his journal. Okay. <laughs> Little testy, I see. And then closes the book. <sighs> Lead the way. Go ahead. You're the uh, hired muscle. So who's taking point? Mirthal or Darnum? Or are you guys going to let Aster take point? I'll, I'll take point. I'll keep the eyes of creation. Let's see if I can. If this thing is... is it freezes me up. It's, it's a bit of a problem as I'm thinking it is. Hopefully, yeah. we can spot it ahead of time. Astro, okay. what the hell is this thing we're facing? Sorry, repeat that. Astro, what the hell is this thing that we are facing? I've never seen it myself before, but there are stories of a long time ago, this mad king, he came to power all throughout the Nine Realms, and in some way he was able to manipulate. They thought he was maybe either a powerful Gorin or maybe a incredibly powerful medium Maybe even had a, a scarred stargazer. They just don't know. Uh, but they did refer to him as the Mad King because the disruption of life and death that he evoked upon the Nine Realms was felt throughout. And in doing so, it gave way to the Undying. Mm. But... And ironically enough, it was an undying, one of the first Pathfinders, that actually brought an end to his reign. But ever since, the balance between life and death has ever been disrupted. Mm. There's some theories about who it could have been. Strange things from possibly, well, not amongst the common folk, but amongst me and my kin. Possibly it was some sort of agent of chaos that went to this orderly realm and did its thing. Or rather, maybe an aspect just got a little too carried away with what they could do and thought they could do a better job. No one knows for sure. 
Just know that once it was defeated, this thing appeared later on, not too long after, and has been around ever since. No, not at all. It's been felled many times, but it just keeps coming back. Well, maybe this time we can break it. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, let us proceed, though. The more time we spend talking and dawdling, the more time this thing might have time to recoup and maybe move elsewhere, and then just do the same thing to another village. This is true. And so I'm assuming you gentlemen proceed throughout the the cavern. Yep. Yes. Okay. You proceed down this narrow cavern, it getting a little bit tighter to the point where you guys have to go single file down it. But as soon as you enter, you see what looks like a strange throne. Uh, Darnum, if you have your eyes of creation, you see the distortion synonymous with Lovium or anything of a Bevelovian nature. You, Mirthal, however, you see, as well as Aster, a throne made of pure Lovium. Sitting upon it is exactly how Aster described this being wrapped in bandages, similar to Tokraxis, but armor-clad as well, wielding what looks like an axe in one hand, a bearded axe in one hand, with a two-handed sword on its back, uh, still within its scabbard, and wearing a strange crown that also has this weird conflicts of etheric and, uh, shall I say, annihilus energy, Mirthal, you can tell, but for you, Darnum, it looks like a distortion. And it just sits there, its eyes staring back at you, glowing bright red. What do you gentlemen do? Um. I'm an Adnarnum. I'm an Aster. Y'all ready for this? Yes. Um. Let's do it. Let me check one thing. If you have anything you can do a call for help, now it's the time, fellas. And as you say that, there's this loud, boisterous belch that ripples through the air. The cave, or rather the temple, or, uh, this throne room of sorts, it reverberates and shakes the walls, unsettling years of dust and snow that had been compiled within it. And appearing slightly, you hear this gro- like this growling sound, and it draws, seems to be drawing closer from behind you. What do you gentlemen do? Turn around and see what the hell is coming. And as you do so, emerging from the mouth of the cavern that led into this throne room is your compatriot Valak, still holding a tankard of ale and his sword in the other hand. Oh. Well, looks like, like, looks like you got some help, some, some aid. Not a moment too soon. I heard you guys needed some help. So, I came over from my little break, and I sensed a disturbance. And I came over to help. I heard some I heard some things need to get their ass kicked. Yeah, that one right there. Yeah, I'm pointing towards the throne. 
And you see exactly the being that I had described earlier sitting upon this throne. It, the bearded axe down, and it kind of slouched, holding on to the shaft of the axe. Valak, with the, with, with the one beer in his hand, the one ale, finishes it, throws it to the ground, has Deus Devastator saw in his other hand, he points at him, and he says, This guy? Easy. Done. That's what he and says. As you, this, and as you, say, as you say such, this being pushes its weight against the axe, and as it does so, where it was slouched, and it looked probably comparable to your size, Darnum, it begins to rise up and stands roughly about 15 feet tall. The axe begins to expand and grow, its eyes glowing red. A, um, shamer? And yep. it expands and grows, I put my hand out, and I say, you owe me law here. Be gone. And I make a little focus on the area of the Black uh, Lake, as I summon the game to Mavalink. Okay, uh, that's an instant hit. Roll for, uh, go ahead, do the damage. Alright, sir. That is going to be... I'm so glad I... Uh, sorry. It is... Alright, it's going to be 316 points of anonymous damage. Okay. 24 sanity damage, and we all have a mantis on it. Okay. As uh, the gigantic white gates open up, and this flash of light goes ahead of me, pointing from out of my alpha left hand, and the wave of energy hits. And all you see before you hear destruction. And as, as you do I so, gates. it gets enveloped in this. Uh, let me put the combat music on. There we go. As it gets enveloped within the annihilus damage of the attack, uh, you see parts of it start to break off. At least its armor begin to buckle and fly off, cracking and sundering. And you see probably the, the pauldron on the left side fall off and blow behind. It's still standing. It's taking quite a hit, but it's it's still standing. All right, well, everybody know you have a man since when you're next attacking your Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to say what you did brought back memories. <laughs> you would have to be there to know. You know what I'm saying, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> you, you remember when I used that? I still remember that night you described it. It was so, like Christmas morning. <laughs> <laughs> As I slaughtered them, but continue. Uh, I need you folks to roll for initiative. All yeah, right. sure. Let's do this. Like I said, I'm all out of bubble gum, so let's go. Okay, so I got a 16. Aster got the same thing, son of a bitch. Oh, natural 20. Nice. Okay, nice. So that's going to be Valak. 18 for me. That is what the monster gets. Single no. So you're gonna go next, Arnim. Okay. Then it's the monster. Then it's going to be uh, Mirthal. Would you rather go before Aster or? Uh, yeah, I'll go before him. Okay. Okay. And then it's Aster. All right, perfect. I have the uh, initiative order. 
We're going to start with Valak. Your turn. You're about 45 feet away from this creature. Um, it's standing before this Lovium throne. And you notice, Mirthal, the, the Lovium didn't seem to get affected much by it. Makes sense. Yeah. And he's still standing after he used, after he used the, the Gates of Abevalo move, right? Yep, he's still standing, but it broke off uh, bits and pieces of its armor. Gotcha. Valak is going to... Nice. Uh, He's going to walk up 35 feet, Tim, but he's doing that cool walk, you know, where he kind of just, he's walking forward. He's got the Death Saver saw in his is hand, this, is that, and he's is looking this that forward. Ins- <laughs> is this that Instagram video where, like, you're taking your steps forward, but every step it's like the beat, and it cuts to, like, a, like a like like an angled shot from below to, like, make it look like you're taller than you actually are? Yeah, and yeah. And glistening and stuff? Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, his body is all glistening, oiled up and everything. Wait, what? what he was doing before. <laughs> Don't worry about it, what he was doing before, by the way. So <laughs> you kinda like get this like kind of blinded by the sparkle of his of his body. He's <laughs> like, what's going on? And he looks at the creature and he attacks him with des with the devastator of song. Okay. Uh give me an attack roll. Alright. Ooh, okay. Thirteen but twenty three. You hit. I don't think that say. just hits. Yeah, don't say that. All right. Hold on. <laughs> uh, I can tell you right now, if Mirthal, if Mirthal hadn't, if Mirthal hadn't opened up with the gates of Bevelo, that would have been a miss. Uh oh. It's a good thing I showed up tonight, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, Mirthal, by destroying part of the armor, has reduced the AC of the creature. So, nice. Yeah. So that was a good move on your part. Really good move. Mm-hmm. Alright. So good. Roll for damage. Well, I want to see another get up. Plus three. <laughs> yeah. Eight plus five There's 13. a reason why I told you to update the damage on these moves. Roll Just saying. Five, <laughs> two, plus eight. That's twenty one. Plus five. points of uh fire damage. Uh bludgeoning. Bludgeoning and fire damage. Okay. You do twenty six points of damage as you swing your Devastator song at it. You smack it. It doesn't... It, it makes contact, but it doesn't feel like bone or flesh or anything. And as soon as you release the maul, it just reforms. You dealt the damage, but there's no show of it, if that makes sense. Pretty sturdy, are you? Swinging again. Going for the extra attack. Okay, uh, go ahead. 20. All together. Ooh, 20 altogether? Mm-hmm. It misses, unfortunately. Damn it. So you swing the Devastator Song. This creature, expecting your move, just simply sidesteps. Your upswing with your maul misses, catching the air, and uh, igniting it with this majestic display of fire and stone and molten earth, and then comes back and then fades away. Anything else? Valak, angry that he missed, enters rage mode. Okay. You're raging, Valak. And he's mad because he missed. And I end my turn. And I'm right up okay. to this guy's face. So I ain't no bitch. Down, and lay go. down two trap cards, Kaiba. Anyway. Two trap cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's one card in defense mode. It's your move. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I that put would Darnum be Mr. in defense mode. Wait, what? Captain, <laughs> Captain Darnum, your turn. That's all well and good, Valak, but I feel like maybe, uh, as I summon the as I summon the etheric, etheric peacemaker, maybe this will let, let's try and wrap this up quick, and I'm gonna just 
for the because I just got the name. I'm gonna go gonna go use the use the use my ultimate attack. Okay. No, no you go for it. I'm just trying to shut this thing down. No fans or butts. Okay. So you run up to this creature and you're gonna use the peacemaker. Yes. Okay. That's an auto hit. What's the damage? Damage right now is. It's gonna be. Yeah. You said it's gonna be. Knock down the mic. Yep. Let's see. Intelligence said that's thirty. Times the mod, which is well, sorry, the proficiency is five. Times three. That's gonna be three hundred points of damage. Okay. As you wail into this creature, you summon the etheric form of the the peacemaker, slashing, doing three hundred sixty points of etheric damage to it. Right? Three sixty, you said? Uh three hundred. Three hundred. Okay. 300. I mean, I wish it was 360. Mirthal for 360. Roll, roll a D8. With a D8, I'm going to get a 4. Okay. Uh, so, it's inflicted with a water dot. Um, uh, for how much is the, the the damage on your dot? Uh, 4. Wait, how much, wait, how much damage is my dot? That is, it's your intelligence score. That's going to be... Intelligence score is 15. Okay, so it takes another 15 points of water damage for the amount of rounds equal to your intelligence modifier. Oh, nice. Perfect. And this doesn't count as one round. It, that was the initial dot, so it took another 15 points of water damage. Just remind me it's going to take another 15 on its turn. Okay, it's going to take another 15 Actually. on it. All right. Not a problem. And in doing so, as you strike it with the Peacemaker, bits and pieces of more armor fly off its right pauldron, sundering and just dissolving into the air as if it never existed. Okay. Ah, that's strange, but all right. And I'm, as I just stare this creature down. It glares back at you, its eyes just menacingly red. Anything else? Because uh, hmm. I, 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 as a bonus action, let me see. Can I do this one? Ah, no, that's just for ability checks. Damn it, it's not gonna help me. But you know what? Saving throws can help. Well, I need to, might maybe I need to get a dice roller. Okay, so you know what? Yeah, I'll say for I, I guess Valak is the only one who's close enough to see it. But you'll see that Darnum has the eyes of creation going. But you see what that the same kind of excuse me, the, the, the glow that the glow in his eyes are also starting to reflect the glow starting to reflect in the tattoos are tracing along his skin. I'm gonna okay. for the first time activate my frost rune to give myself a plus mm. two to all of my abo- all all of my ability checks and saving throws that use strength and constitution for the next ten minutes. Uh uh-huh. Oh, okay. Good. Very good. <clears throat> Anything else, Captain? Uh, that's it for me. Because I feel like I'm going to okay. need it. Up next is the monster, so he's going to take another 15 points of water damage. Boom. He, all of a sudden, you see these crystals form and just explode on his body. Uh, well, ice crystals, I should say. Explode on his body. Glares at Mirthal. And he points at Mirthal. Mirthal, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Uh-oh. All right. 
Uh, 17 is the DC, by the way. I failed. I wrote a natural one. Five. Ooh. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh. Oof. Um, you take... You take 57 points of storm damage as he points out to you, thrusts the axe into the ground. It sinks a little bit, and you hear the rumbling in the cave, and these dark clouds begin to pour through the walls, and possibly so, and a bolt of lightning just strikes you. Oh, oh boy. Um, yeah, so deck save. Um, let's see. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, hmm, hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's it with its, uh, its actions. Yeah, no, you're fortunate. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that, that's it for its action. So, that's the end for the creature's turn. It is Sir Mirthal's turn now. Can I ask you a question, Mike? Um. Yes. Was that night of pure storm damage? Yeah, pure storm damage. Can I break it? That's a good question. I didn't think about that. Hmm. Let me see. Let me read the ability. Yeah, you can. Okay. Uh, I won't break it. Okay. You break the storm damage instead of taking it. The creature... I'm going to retcon now. The creature looks at you and just glares. It tilts its head. It's going to move physically closer to you, stopping with every step drawing closer to you. It raises the axe above your head. Now it's your turn. <laughs> Alright. Uh, as it raises the axe against my head, I slam my sword into the ground and the um, a shadow goes around it. I'm using a headplane curse on it. Okay. And then on that note... I am going to, uh, the mouths start to appear on my weapon as I cast Ceaseless Hunger, and I'm going to smack him with it. Okay, uh, give me an attack roll. Okay, that's why I want my app. Yeah. Perfect. And now, that is going to be a 25 a hit. That hits. Alright. And now, let me add everything for this. It's going to be 30... Alright. So it is going to take 15 plus 30. So 45 points of damage all together, and then plus 12 sanity damage as well. And I need right. to make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, it's immune to any sort of effects such as okay. rage, stun, or anything like that. So that does not apply then. <laughs> Technically, you wouldn't know this, but the sanity damage doesn't apply either. Yeah, it doesn't really have a mind to corrupt to make it go crazy. Especially being the shell of the Mad King. <laughs> and I'm gonna <laughs> take uh, I'm gonna take Elmer Flynn. Okay, go ahead. Give me a attack roll. Yeah, and then going to me at nearly twenty. Oh, uh, that hits. Yeah. Okay. Darnum broke off uh more pieces of the armor, so the AC was reduced even further. All right. And I'll add a smite to it. Okay, go ahead. Uh, 
join us. Uh, That's all good. Loki seems to be helping you out though. So. Yeah, and you hear him, right? Yeah. Right he's, he's, ah, he's a good boy. He's so cute. Well, Sandy needs damage until he applies, and if we take that off from this attack. Yeah, so Sandy doesn't damage doesn't apply to him, but it's still important for the ability. So yeah, yeah. And now one, 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 and then yeah, forty more plus ten. All right, so fifty more points of damage onto him, and he is not prone. Just automatically. Automatically, oh, when he owns I'm a name so I never know what's that. Yeah, just, I thought that was a straight save. If not, yeah, you can take it from. Uh, and you can not really target prone if it's huge or smaller. Yeah, and that's the okay. same yeah. as the most save. So, so fi- he's 15 feet. He's 15 feet tall. Is that within the range, the parameter of huge? I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't remember. Um, I think, right I think it's. I think he's so large that. Okay, so okay, so yeah, he topples over. You, as he topples over after your strike, he hits the ground and the chamber quakes even further. Mm-hmm. And now I want him in at the end of my turn. It's Aster's turn. All right, Aster's gonna look at you. Oh, well, I can't be upstaged. And he puts his hand out forward. And he positions himself so Valak won't get caught in the crosshairs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it'd be very bad for Valak. I, I could take unsta- him. <laughs> no, is Valak is Valak saying that? No, nah, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're about to do. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll wait. <laughs> Puts his hand out forward. The unstable Abevlovian gate appears, and similar to yours, but instead it appears with the image of the court of the king in crimson, and he gets rushed with a wave of annihilus energy. Um. That's going to be... I'm sure he's fine. Oh, wait, wait, where's the ball standing here? That's the problem. Um... Uh, well, he didn't try angling it where nobody else can get hit, so... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this creature gets... Uh, the, sh- the Mad King gets blasted with more Annihilus energy. You see just bits and pieces of it... Of it being torn away, and it begins to reveal what's underneath the bandages. Very similar to Tokraxis with the anil- the etheric energy, but you also see kind of that similar conflux of the a- Annihilus energy swirling, similar to what you see with the stone that either, Dar- I forget, I think Darnum has it now in his possession. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that you see that swirling effect of the Annihilus and etheric energy. Oh, well. That reminds me, what Tokraxis doing? He's like running down something, but if, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. He's just scrawling everything down in a hurried pace. He's like taking notes, trying to do some sketches. He's he's trying to get as much as he possibly can because he doesn't know how, this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Pretty much. Yeah. So, um, he's not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's there if you need him, but uh, he's more there just to observe. So, with that being the end of Aster's turn, um, we go back to Sir Valak top of the initiative order uh, how far how far is uh this being you're right in front of it oh and wait. It, it isn't it prone yeah you're still? still uh yeah it's actually knocked prone so you have advantage on attack rolls all right i got something ballsy Uh-oh. <laughs> all right valk's gonna is it 
now is its facial features? Is it like it's got a big mouth or what is it? It's 15 feet tall. It doesn't have. It doesn't have any facial features. Does it have a mouth? No. Does it have a hole in its body? No, it doesn't have any holes whatsoever. Wow, man. That was a joke. No, I wasn't joking. Calm down, Ant Man. Okay. No, nah, no, nah, I'm saving that for later. That's Wait, what? <laughs> That's good. Right. So, um, so Valak is gonna. He's still wearing the armor, right? Uh, it's yeah. The armor bits and pieces were torn off, but yeah, he still has some armor on him. All right. I don't know if... And is there any fleshy part I can see? There's no flesh on this creature no whatsoever. Nope, energy. It's made of etheric and annihilus energy. And the energy that um, that was just shot at him was etheric? No, wait, it what energy was shot? From, oh, um, yeah, it was annihilus. It was annihilus, annihilus. damage. Okay, I just yeah. want to know. Okay. All right. So... This is gonna work. You can always try. Ah, uh, it's made to be etheric. So, since I have advantage, all right, I'm just I'm gonna go with a regular attack, but I'm using the boon of ceaseless hunger. Okay, describe that. Uh, consume attack roll, and upon a hit, it deals damage to anyone in a three by three box. And multiply your strength modifier by your plus modifier plus your weapon damage. Okay, so yeah, you're doing... It's not the boon of Season Slunger. It's just a, a Season Slunger, your ability. Oh, sorry. Yes, I'm using yeah. the... That's what I meant. I'm using the ability. Okay. Okay, yeah. So go ahead. <laughs> I was Make just reading what it was called. Make an attack roll. You have advantage on this attack roll. All right. 13. Let's, let's, let's roll again. Ooh, 15. So 25 total. Oh, yeah. You hit. You hit. Okay. And it's going to be the same. It's going to be the regular and the fire damage. And then, since I'm using so, this, I'm going to have to figure out how to use. So this. it's your strength. It's your strength times your. What was it? Your strength modifier times your strength score plus your weapon damage. If I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Multiply your so, strength modifier by your plus modifier plus your weapon damage. Yeah. So it's going to be your strength modifier times your strength score. So multiply those two. Plus your weapon damage. My strength, strength modifiers. Is it twenty? So twenty times five, so that's going to be a hundred plus your weapon damage, and that's going to be all annihilus damage. Okay. Not fire or anything like that. Just oh, like annihilus because of the boon. Okay. Because gotcha. the ability. Yeah. Yep, I got to write the annihilus damage down. Okay. Let's go. Three, six plus five eleven. Next attack three plus four seven. Plus 5 is 12. 23. So 123 points of damage. Okay. Uh, minus 123. I thought I gave you that. Okay, cool. You swing this this maul in a circular fashion, hitting everything around you, including this uh, prone being. What else, Valak? Now, is that tax? Is this is a one-time thing for this combat, or can I use it again? You can use it again as long as you have a attack action or an action to do so. 
Yeah, I mean, it's technically extra attack, so yeah, I'll do it one okay. more time. Go ahead, make an attack roll. With advantage, again. Oh, natural 20. Okay, right. so it's basically the damage times two. So okay. whatever your, so it's going to be 100, so it's going to be 200, and roll for the, the weapon damage. Yep. Yeah, and then times that by two as well. Two. So I have a seven plus... Five is twelve, so that's twenty-four for the first one, then six. One that's seven plus five. Twelve twenty-four. So two forty-eight. Two forty-eight? Yes. Yeah. For weapon Are In total, talking? in total, yeah, sorry. Okay. In total, in total. Okay. Two forty-eight. Is that it? Yes. Okay, so the trick second phase triggers the creature winds up using one of its uh, abilities, shall we say, or one of its passives, to sunder all the armor off of its body, as well as the bandages, revealing what is its combination of etheric and annihilist core. As it stands, it winds up letting out a large scream. I need all of you to make a wisdom saving throw. Come on. Oh, shit. The DC okay. is 17. Uh, 17. Yeah. Oh, you just made it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. What'd you get? Um, uh, I'm trying to see, because if I have... I had an advantage on something. I think it wasn't that, though. Darnum, what'd, what'd uh, you get? 22. 22? You succeed. And how about oh. you, Valak? I wanted to add to, um, since a natural 20, is there critical, technically? That is a critical, yeah. Okay. There was the brutal critical, which says you can roll two additional weapon damage dice. Okay, roll those two additional weapon damage dice. Just the, is it 2d6, 2d6 plus, or just 2d6? Just 2d6. Okay. Yeah. Or, that's five, so just extra points of nine damage, nine, nine extra okay. points. I'll yep. double it since it's a critical. Okay, cool. Alright, so, so I'm going to roll for a wisdom save, and I don't have no advantage, because that's only in world. Okay. 17? 17 is a DC save. God. I only have a plus 2. You can do this 15 or greater. <sighs> 10. 10? <laughs> yep, total. You are, you are <laughs> overcome by this frightful presence of this being before you. Uh, any sort of attack made against it is with disadvantage for one round. Uh, that's just playing to you, Balak, since you failed the save. Uh, Mirathal and yep. Darnum, since you both made the save, you guys are fine. Okay. Mm. 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 Uh, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it is... Isn't the creature's turn? Uh, let me double check. Or is it? Uh, it should be right now. Oh, it's it's right? Captain, oh, Captain. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, Darnum. Captain Darnum's turn. Is he still prone? Or is he is he standing again? No, he's standing, and his form has changed. The armor has been shed. The bandages kind of erupt. He's now this unstable core of annihilus and etheric damage. Uh, an annihilus and etheric uh etheric energy. Oh. That's kind of like sentient and bipedal. Is he still like in a like in a humanoid esque shape? Yes, very, very roughly. Like it's almost like the uh, the pattern of a sound wave, right? Oh, it's right. shooting out those like the same energy, the same appearance of those distortions and such. All right. So if that's the case, I'm gonna just 
wind my hand back, I'm gonna try and strike this strike to strike him. Just give him a quick strike with the first, my first attack. Go ahead. Will a okay eleven twenty one. Will a twenty one? Yes, that hits. All right, that hits. And I'm gonna burn a key point to attempt to stunning strike this thing. Uh, it's immune to stun effects. Damn it. So I guess you would know that though. You would know that though. So if you want to, re I'll refund the key point because Mirthal tried to use uh, a enrage on it, and it was immune. I, I said he was immune to stunning and rage and so forth. Ah, okay. So yeah, I just the straight up Ric Flair style, just chop this thing across its chest like area, and it, okay. it's gonna take. All right. Eight. Twenty-five, twenty-nine points of, da of uh, damage from the first attack. That's going to be eight, fifteen, nineteen. Nineteen of those is going to be uh, thunder damage. Rain. Okay, so you said eighteen total. No, eight plus seven is fifteen. Nineteen. So eight. It's twenty-seven. Sorry. Okay. As you do so, as you make contact with it yourself take 17 points of annihilus damage as you punch this thing ah and you see this lashing wave of annihilus energy just smacks across your body mm. all right if that's the case I guess I gotta. I guess I better keep. I better keep it up then. Like as I, it's back. Just you know, other hand. Gonna just go straight for. It's gonna go for a second strike. Will that 16, 26 hit? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> He's gonna take nine, twelve, fifteen, twenty more points of of damage. And okay. Five, nine, and you twelve take... of those points. Yeah. Wait, wait. No. Twenty, five, nine. Yeah. Twelve of those points is going to be uh, thunder damage. Okay. And you take another seventeen points of annihilus damage as another wave just rips across you. And I just, as I just recoil back down again. Um. How am I supposed to fight this thing if I can't even touch? I can't even touch it, but. <sighs> gonna go for it. Gonna go for another. Do I do it? Do I do it? Do I? No, no guts, no glory. <laughs> I gotta go for it. Burn another key point for another flurry of blows. Do what Ankar say? Do it. Like Ankar's like, why are you hurting it? Why are you why are you hitting the thing that hurts you? But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if that's the case. I know it's gonna hurt my hand, so I'm gonna just leap up and I'm gonna try and headbutt this thing as hard as I can. Wait. Okay. Give me the attack roll. Alright, 19 to hit? 19 does hit, yeah. It's damaged. Its armor has mostly been sundered. There's still bits and pieces, but yeah. Alright, 10, 15, 20, 26 points of damage. 26 points of damage? Yep. And then, like before, another 17 points of Annihilus damage just rips across. You get one lash, another lash making an X, and then one more going straight down the middle. And then for the last attack, will A, 18 hit. 
Yes, 18 does hit. All right, so the, the last one is just, as I like, just hold, like, like from my forehead, it is just going to go, just go right between the uprights and just try and just give, like, a quick beat to the crotch. Or what would be the crotch, anyway. <laughs> More frustration at actual, at actual technique at this point, so. Yeah, judging by the, the composition of this creature, you don't really, you know that a, a dick, a dick punch isn't going to really hurt it, but, you know. Dick kick city, bitch. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be six. It's, it's all symbolism. Six, ten, twelve, eighteen more points. Another eighteen. And I take another. Okay. So I take another seventeen. You take another seventeen. That's sixty-eight I've taken. Thank God you got that full rest. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> See, if I didn't get beat up by Valak in the last episode. I wouldn't be ready for this fight now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but did you die, though? <laughs> if it was up to that one crew member, I should have, but yeah. <laughs> Put him in a body bag! <laughs> <laughs> it was either him or the one who wanted to take off my pants. Yeah, either one. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. Wow. Um, <laughs> 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 Is that I it for your it. turn? That's that's it for Darnum's turn, thankfully. Save you for okay. myself. Okay, so I need you each to pick a number one through four. Three. So three's taken. Uh, one. Okay, and Valak? 2.69. So two. Um, so, so two, three, four. Okay. One is a repeat, basically a re-roll. Force of one, reroll. Uh-oh. One again, son of a bitch. No. Three. Okay. The creature is going to look at you, Mirthal. Mm-hmm. It's going to raise its axe, thrust it into the ground, leaving it there right before the throne. And it's going to pull out that large blade that it's had sheathed this entire time. This uh, time. God, this entire time. I can speak English. And it reveals itself to be this great lovium curved sword with this jagged edge of sorts. And it's going to okay. raise the blade and swing it down upon you. Okay. I hate to say it. Uh, does a 31 hit? Unfortunately, yes. Okay. Are you sure? Yo, know, what kind of question was that, Mike? <laughs> 31 <laughs> hit? Goddamn. Hang on, let me see. Hold on. Wait, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Can I give you some of my AC, Mirthal? You good? <laughs> I mean, I got, uh-huh. I, I, mean, I got a bonus to some of my stuff. I, feel like I mean, I listen, I, I don't think there's enough 18 in the world to help. <laughs> you might even give me some of your help in a minute. <laughs> okay, so... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold um, on. So you take... Uh, where is this? Okay, so yeah, you take uh, 25 points of slashing damage. Okay. Plus... Let me make sure I get the dice roll correctly. Okay. Oops, I, I used the wrong the wrong amount of dice. My bad. He threw too many dice on the floor. Just counting. <laughs> no, don't, don't worry about picking them up. Just uh, whatever you got in the train. Plus, plus another additional 50 points of annihilus damage. Ooh. How is, is Mirathal looking? How are you looking, Mirtho? I went and from now, I went from perfect condition to very, very hurt in a minute. So this this creature p- 
pirouettes with the blade, now being free of its armor, essentially, almost. Now being able to nimbly move, swings and cleaves this blade across your body. It passes through you, and where it should cleave flesh and separate sinew from bone, it doesn't do so. But you still feel as if it's tearing through you, and you're struck with this slashing damage as well as the gut-wrenching annihilus damage. Um, I believe you... Don't you get a resistance to annihilus, though? Because you're uh, armor? Or no? I have a resistance from the armor, but I only forget what the hell it is. It's annihil. I could have sworn it was annihilus insanity. I'm gonna take the word on it, so and then I'm gonna take that half. Yeah, so you only take 25 annihilus technically. Okay. Yeah. I I see the sanity on it. I don't know if maybe I had necrotic as annihilus. I I think that's probably what you did. So if yeah, it's pretty much almost the same. So for now. Um, All right. So instead of close to death, I did it halfway. But he's going to swing again. Okay. Oh, oh, I wish I didn't roll that. I yeah, so 20. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's a crit. Um, do I have anything I need? No, okay. Go ahead. Um, Mike? Yes. How much damage does he normally do? Um, prior, it's going to be the same attack, so it's going to be, I think it was like 66 plus 10, so that's going to be 70 automatically, Okay. plus another potentially 66, and then Annihilus. Marathon, instantly dead. Uh, I have 101 life uh, hit points. Okay. So if you do more than that in one attack, I'm dead. Uh, that's applying D&D death. We're yes. going to be using Lost Chapters of Idilla death now. Okay, cool. So, things will be a little different for you if your companions can't resurrect you in three turns. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, you see this as he swings again, recovering from that spin, and cleaves Mirthal in half. But what looks like he would cleave Mirthal in half. But the blade just goes right through him. Mirthal <laughs> lets go of his blade. It clamors to the ground. Cling, cling, cling. Mirthal drops to his knee. It's like Boromir in Lord of the Rings Fellowship getting struck by the arrow slowly as he's defending Merry and Pippin, or trying to. And then he swings down one more time. And then you see Mirthal just fall face first into the ground, just staring blankly out into the beyond. It is now your turn, Sir Mirthal. Oh, no, no death saving throw. You have they have three turns to resurrect you. Okay, so yeah. yeah. And then I and then we will explain how death works potentially off air or maybe on air depending on the situation. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. So and okay, so my turn, uh, and then it's the following turn, right? Uh oh, that's right. Shit. Yeah, so that's it's Aster's turn right now. Yeah. Oh my bad. Um. No, no, you're yeah. fine. So it. Aster immediately just runs up to this creature and swings his blade. Uh, let's see what ability, what breaker ability does he want to use? Okay. He's gonna do another 100. No. It's not one of the major damages. Yeah, so it's gonna be another uh, 175 points of damage. Uh, Minus that. As you see, he channels 
his blade, and he infuses it with this annihilus energy and swings. You see the blade split open, and it actually grabs a bite of this creature and rips off parts of the annihilus and etheric energy. As it does so, it chomps and actually eats it and swallows it. Um, Master's going to make another regular attack. This creature. Okay, that's going to hit. Thank God for these dice rollers. Okay, it's going to be another 74 points of Annihilus damage. <clears throat> okay, as he swings the blade this time, not infusing with anything else, and he cuts right through the creature. Um, the creature lets out this heart, like disharmonious screech, and it begins to reverberate along, along the walls. You see bits of stone become dislodged and fall to the floor. The Lovium throne begins to hum and vibrate as this creature uh, lets out this scream of sorts. Uh, that is it for Aster's turn. It is your turn, Sir Valak. But this creature now is starting to spasmodically shake about. Okay. Uh, so seeing that... Uh, uh, how far am I from uh, the creature? Uh, you can, you're within range of attacking it. Okay. Yeah, this creature's huge. So, or not huge, but large, technically. But Alright, yeah. I'm going to use instead... My uh, movement speed. Okay. And uh, I want to try to bring back uh, Mirathol. Okay, what are you going to do to try to bring back Mirathol? You're going to have to explain that because I don't know what to do. Uh... That's a ha- <laughs> do you have an item that can help bring him back? Like, I don't some health you points. Have, you should have some health potions on you. Like health potions? Anything? Yes, I have. Uh... One large potion left. By all means. Alright. Let me just, uh... I think. Yes. Okay. What is the role for the larger potion? Uh, let me pull up the I, large health pots. I'm working on, like, Lost Chapters Ideal stuff, so it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, uh, Ernie, what's your, um, total health point? 101. 101? Mm-hmm. Uh, you restore 33 hit points. Because right. yeah, in Lost Chapters, it's a percentage of your overall health. Val goes over to Mirthal, has has him on one arm, opens his mouth the other, and then gives him the potion. And he says, Mirthal, wake up! You ain't going down that easily. Come on. God damn right. The creature's gonna use a legendary action. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, it's nice knowing you. <laughs> no, there's no legendary action now. No, yeah. I was about to say. Or is there? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or am I? Or am I? Uh, um, uh, what type of... Uh, did it cause me any action to use? Yes, it cost... Uh, I'll say it cost an action to use that. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, I have a question. Yes, sir. 
on my abilities. Yes. Am I able to like transfer an ability to someone or like a boon or something? No, or the effects of a boon? Something it doesn't like work that. that way unless it's unless it states unless it says so, you can't do so. Okay. Yeah, so if it says you can you know, this affects you or an ally, then yeah, you can do something like that. But if it doesn't then no. It's pertaining to yourself or whatever it states within the effects of the boon. Alright. Valk says to the creature, it's time to, it's time for you to die. And reaching in his pocket, he's gonna, I don't know how this is gonna work because I just got this. <laughs> so only, only Darner would know what this is. So, is Darner gonna do the slow motion look at Oh me? god! Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> remembering that Darner is still standing next to this thing. And he oh says, Oh god, yeah. <laughs> you guys, you might want to step back a bit. He takes uh, out an he... etheric detonator. Oh no. Oh I'm no. Coming this motherfucker up, Mike. Hey, Go ahead. Wait, 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 wait. Think I don't know how it works. You, you, you just gave it to me last episode. Wait, wait you didn't so wait. You... No. <laughs> like, no, I didn't. I didn't check to see how this works first. But I didn't bother to ask Mike how does it work exactly. But yeah, so yeah, Shaper, if you throw how does it, this work? You throw it, and everyone caught within a. Give me a second. I gotta pull up my notes now. Not like this. I think it's a three by three or a five oh. by five. Um, Not like yeah, this. I don't so, have any of the notes on that. I just have what's it I'll, called. I'll just ask me and I'll provide it for you. Okay. Um, one moment, por favor. I'm going <laughs> off like this. Not like, not like, not like this, Jamie, please. Fumbling through. He's like, look like this. Look like this. Uh, <laughs> look like this. <laughs> God damn, the gadgeteers. Fuck me. Uh, so yeah, they do a dexterity saving throw. So whatever your save is, that's what they have to meet. Um, and it'll deal basically uh, what do you call it? Your am I reading this correctly? No, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so it's gonna be your intelligence times your your intelligence score times your proficiency modifier. My intelligence score. Yeah, your intelligence score times your proficiency modifier. So whatever. Your, Twelve, so twelve times five. So that's going to be sixty points of etheric damage. Because if I'm not mistaken, you only had it attuned to etheric, right? Yes. You never. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had so it attuned does... to etheric. I guess just etheric, like in in general, like not in anything else. So yeah. Yeah. So it's going to do anyone who fails the save. Uh, it's a three by three, by the way, around the creature. So. Well, I warned everyone, so do they have an opportunity to move or no? I'll give anyone caught in the blast radius a, a advantage on the attack. So that would be Darnum and Aster. So. All right, so which one what am I rolling? Okay, Aster got a 17. Oh, what kind of save? What about you, Darnum? What kind of save is it? <clears throat> Uh, a dexterity saving throw, Darnum. Oh, okay, I'm good with that. So it's either yeah. going to be... You and Aster are affected by it, so... So 24... Oh, and I got to roll for the creature. 28. Okay. Oh, you probably definitely... Oh, creature rolled a natural fucking 20, of course. Um, So anyone who succeeds takes half damage. Uh, I, I, if I'm not saying well, it's going to be eight... So I, so I don't take anything. What? I have evasion, so I don't take anything. Okay, so you're fine, yeah. Um... So... 
I want to do something, but not not to the detonator. Just right before okay. it goes off. Oh, okay, what um, are you trying to do? No, nothing to the creature, but um, I want to... Uh, Valk is going to uh, hold Mirathal, uh, you know, with on and, like, shield him. Well, Mirathal's not affected by it. Okay, okay, cool. Then yeah, I the only people... Based off, yeah, based off of where you thrown it, or where you threw it, it's only affecting Aster, Darnum, and the creature. Because this creature's large, so its hitbox is a little larger than normal. I'm saying hitbox, but yeah. So, um, the creature succeeded, natural 20. Darnum doesn't take any damage, and I'm assuming Aster probably won't, but what's your DC, by the way, JB? My DC... It's going to be 8 plus your proficiency modifier, plus, if I'm not mistaken, your dexterity modifier. Alright, my DC said the plus 3... I mean dexterity. Okay, so plus three for dexterity, plus eight, that's 11. What's your proficiency? Plus five? Plus so five. 16, 16, 16, so 16 is the save. They all succeeded. Darnum takes nothing, Aster takes half, and the creature takes half. So that's going to be 60 points of, uh, 30 points of damage. This thing is looking pretty rough. Anything else? And just in case, uh, um, uh, Valak is going to uh, stand in guard in front of Mirathal. Okay, sweet. Two for one. I like it. <laughs> Wait, did I say that out loud? My bad. I mean, um... Good luck, Darnum. <laughs> <laughs> good luck uh, now. Good luck. I am the captain now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ka is that it for you, Sir Valak? Yes, he's, uh... He's in front of him, kind of holding his arms up to his chest and preparing for, uh, putting himself in defense, preparing for the uh, attack, if any, okay. against him. Darnum, it's down to you. Alright, if that's the case. Your go. Alright then. So then, I'm still directly in front of our, uh... What? I don't even know. there Bajan? Oh, can you hear me hello yeah you're you're very soft like it's coming very lightly yeah. what is going on with it? how about now go. now you're a little much better yeah it, it, it's a lot hard now <laughs> uh, so check this out uh you know what i'll just look back seeing Team Mirathal went down. Team... All right, so if you want someone to draw, you want me to draw someone's attention. Then let's see, let's see if you deal with something. And just you know, just you see, Darn, his eyes, his eyes closed, his eyes open. Whatever glow that was for the Azecration just blares while all the runes on his body glow. As mm -hmm. he goes from seven feet to eleven feet, and I'm going to use my giant's might. Oh, so, okay. So you see Darnum almost doubles in size. Like, think of it like going from, like, from Lou Ferrigno Hulk to, like, Broly from DBZ. Gotcha. In terms of proportions. Okay. How how tall are you now? Like 11 feet. Uh, you just reached my height. Well, yeah, well, that's, that's, still, that's still a feat, though. Don't, don't I know, I'm this. just saying. Don't diminish this. Stop, stop taking away his, his moment. No, no, no. <laughs> Malik looks over and he's like, see a tear? And he's like, <laughs> my man. He says, he's like that meme. 
you know, Maya, you know, not gonna say it, but he says, my man. <laughs> We'll keep, we'll keep it with Jason Momoa for now. From uh, Training Day? Yeah. I was like, like, like you got to keep it clean. We'll keep it with Jason Momoa. It's fine. It's all right. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll keep as it. I just, <laughs> as I just... As I just... As in this new size, I'm going to just attempt to just batter this thing now. You know what? Go ahead. So first attack, I'm going to just rear back and just going to clothesline this thing for A. 19. Yeah, that hits. 19's going to hit. He's going to take... Ta-da! Alright. 10, 17, 24. 25 points of damage for the first attack. Okay. And you take another 17. Alright, so that's 17 for the first one. Slashing across your body. You feel this annihilation energy just rip right through you. It's going to be 23 for the second attack. Uh, to hit or damage? No, to hit. Oh, yeah, that definitely hits. Yeah. All right, so that's going to be 8, 10, 17, 22 more points. Ooh, and you take another 17, but this thing is starting to look, uh, let's say, unstable, shall we say. All right. So that's the that's case. going to burn another key point flurry of blows. Hang on one second. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, see so yeah, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Flare blows. Next attack. 19 to hit again. That hits. It's going to be 8, 9, 16, 21 more points. Oh my god, you're so close. Uh yeah, this thing is this thing is beyond rough. Like you see the bonds, the stabilizing bonds of the Aetheric and Annihilus energy are beginning to become unstable. They begin to actually begin to reverberate, hit each other, and begin to create these small little uh, murmurs and echoes that you can see through your eyes of creation. Alright, so you've seen similar when when Aetheric energy touches one of the distortions. So yeah, I'll like, I'll uh, say it's going from the first clothesline. It's going to stagger back. I'm going to grab it by his wrist to maintain wrist control. For the second and mm -hmm. third, it's just me just repeating with the same clothesline over and over again. So for the last attack, oh god, is oh that's 25. That definitely hits. Yep, and 25 gonna... hits. And on top of it, I'm going to attack on the extra D6 that I can do once per turn for Giant Smite. Oh, okay. So that's going to be come on. All right, it's going to be. 11, uh, 13, 13, 13, 13, 19, 20, 20 points plus an additional 4 points, so 24 for that last attack. As you just keep walloping, 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 you get lashed and lashed and lashed. You get lashed one more time with 17 points of uh, Annihilus damage. This thing is still standing, but it is incredibly unstable. Through your eyes of creation, what you're seeing is literally like cold water, frigid cold water being splashed upon a hot, greasy pan. That's the popping that's going off right now. And it's beginning to resonate physically, too. Mirthal and Valak and Aster see this before it. The, the bonds are actually like almost creating this, uh, almost like... Almost like this needle-like effect protruding out. It's creating like this almost crystalline needle effect protruding outward. Oh, but it's still standing. Then action surge. Go ahead. Where is it? Let me cross that off. 
If you do more than three points of damage, it's it's gone. <laughs> Alright then. Twenty-one. That hits. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so it, wait. So just, how are you? What are you doing? So let's see. Four. Okay, that's I, I rolled. I rolled. I rolled enough fives in here to make this work. Okay, so for that last, like the final, like the final strike is instead of just like hitting it one more time for the clothesline, just. I'm going to just take it, since I still have it by its wrist the way I flavored it, I'm going to just lift it up mm -hmm. over my head onto my shoulders. Then we're going to press it up over my head and then just tombstone it down into the ground to head first. Okay. So, like if you're doing, uh, what do you call it? Uh, overheads, right? With a bent, with a, with a bar. You lift this being up off the ground. It is, it is huge still, right? And it's holding its blade and it's, it's somewhat flailing about. And then you just tombstone it into the ground, driving it deep into the earth. You create like probably like about a three-foot crater going deep into it. And as you do so, this thing just fizzles out. And like a black hole begins to just suck everything in. All the wrapping and armor begins to be consumed by this black hole until it just becomes a tiny little solid dot of distortion. And then gone. The only thing that remains is this creature's axe. It like, was buried into the ground. Nice. I'll let I try. I'll. Matter of fact, uh, yeah. I'll just grab. I'll grab that axe and just let a triumphant like like or something. First, give me a strength throw, uh, an athletics roll. Ooh, sweet! I can advantage now. Come on, athletics. It's either gonna be athletics a dirty twenty. Or that was a journey. Uh, twenty-three. Give me a wisdom saving throw now. Oh, oh dear. I just wanted to be cool. Oh, well, I'm good. Seventeen. I hope. Seventeen. Wait, that is unconfident. Uh, wait. Uh, do I have anything? To do I have anything that'll bail me out of this? Anything else? No, I don't. Appearing. So, where do you have your mark of Aotus? It was what on my. Oh, it was right. It was, it was on my chest. So, on literally the mirror side of it, appears this strange symbol. Unlike, it bears a similarity between the symbol of <clears throat> Meshivir's champion, but it's different. The arrow isn't going through the side of the jaw. It is literally going through the skull as if it's ripping through the skull and there are bits of bone fragment breaking. This strange mark appears on your body. Change the music. Uh oh Oh, no. no it's, it's more tranquil. Oh, so, okay. The strange mark appears through your body, but you have this axe now in tow. And that is where we will end tonight's session. Oh. Shit. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of Eternal Champions. I've been your host and shaper, Michael DeLeon. Joining me today, we have our very own Captain Darnam Han, played by Ash. Oh, thanks for listening, everybody, and I'm glad we all survived. Next, we have our own Sir Mirthal, played by... Va uh, not Vash. Wow. Ernie. <laughs> See, I gotta take my, I gotta take my name off. That's, that's too hard yeah. to remember. That's it. That's the only way. Thank yeah. you very much, everyone. Have a good night. Take care. And last but not least, joining us when we needed him the most. He returned. He returned like Gandalf on that third day. <laughs> Sir Valak, also played by our very own Supreme Giga Chad, JB. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. 
I sent to the service in the force and I had to help my compatriots. (laughs) (laughs) And that you did. And you actually helped Mirthal stave off death. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you definitely because yeah, I had yeah. I had no healing potions on me. You definitely saved his life. Yeah, <laughs> I mean to be yeah. fair, Mirathol has a tunnel on him. I am forgotten him. I used my last one, so you know I had to get more. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, I got some for you guys. So I'm good. So thank you for <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of Eternal Champions. Um, if you did like what you hear, please leave a uh, five star review, a comment. If there's anything you want to comment on, you know, favorite moment or something, you know, whether it be the audio quality, because we're trying out a new mic set as well, or at least I'm trying out a new mic set, um, as well as, you know, just subscribe to the podcast as well. If you want to keep up to date with everything going on for Neon Knights Productions in general, which will be bringing back Neon Knights FM very shortly, we've been working on a few things, so it's been kind of like under hiatus, but now that everything's been worked out, we're ready to jump into the foray. With that being said, uh, follow us at Neon Knights Productions on Twitter or at Neon Knights FM on Twitter. I said Twitter twice, didn't I? Uh, at Neon Knights Productions on Instagram, at Neon Knights Twitter, uh, at Neon Knights FM on Twitter. Thank you. Well, uh, gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining me at the table tonight and gracing me with your presence. Well, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, it was a pleasure. And until next time, folks, keep those dice rolling. <laughs>